Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Uh, good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. Um, Gibbo's not here. Pat's here this morning. How are you, mate? Thanks, I'm in. Yeah, no worries. Well, He's already given us. We didn't have an option. Even... Gibbo just bundied off, but it's good to see you because you know what you're doing. <laughs> not that Gibbo doesn't, but Gibbo just went to catch a few waves, I think, somewhere. The fake waves. The fake waves down in Melbourne. He's got mm. Bell's Beach, which is on right now. It's in ho- on a hold today, actually. They're going to maybe fire it up this afternoon. They're not happy with the swell this morning for finals day down there. But, uh, yeah, Gibbo's um, gone off and... I reckon he's gone for some special cuddles somewhere. You reckon? I reckon. Have you met him? Who? Kippo? Kippo. On the show this morning, uh, we are going to chat to the great Jason Richardson um, about, firstly, Randwick, All Eight Stakes Day mm. there. I, after the performance of seven days ago, will be How wearing a black armband. <laughs> In commemoration to the funding that is now with the ATC. There's a new grandstand. Yes. Our whole table last week. No, it was a good day. But uh, Richo, who's not only across the racing He's across everything. Equine variety. He's stall gift. I think he's on the board there or something like that. He won. He won it, yeah. But he's down there on the organising committee. He's heading to stall tomorrow. The great Easter Monday tradition of, oh, yeah, stall gifts on. Watching those handicap races. It's good fun. Athletics, and we'll get his take on what's happened over the summer of athletics because it's just done and they're about to head off overseas to those big events overseas. Trey Wingo, mm. our US sports correspondent. Uh, so we thought, let's catch up with him. Will Ben Simmons play a game in the playoffs for the Brooklyn Nets? I wonder. I don't want I think he will. You don't think he will? No. Even though he's apparently available. So he's got a back problem, does he? Does he? Does he? Does he? <laughs> so much crying of wolf. Then. Trey will know. Yeah. He changed his Twitter profile or one of his social media profile accounts to a picture of him and Patty. So maybe Patty's talking him into... To in a relationship? To boomers. <laughs> oh, really? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Nate Miles. So we don't have a three o'clock game today, but our game on SEN this afternoon from Four Pines Park will be... The Manly Warringah Seagulls up against the Gold Coast Titans. And uh, we're going to catch up with Nate Miles because he played for both and yeah. see what he's up to. And also uh, we'll catch up with the man who, uh, did you notice Four Pines Park a couple weeks ago against the Dogs, Brookvale Oval? Bowling Green. Like Augusta Fairway, basically. So we'll catch up with Mark Ballasty, who's the uh, the groundsman for that. And Amelia Mamet-Grown, who's a Young Australian golfer, she will be playing in that big event next week, I believe it is, up at Bonville. Yes. Uh, and that's all thanks to Golf New South Wales. So we'll catch up with Amelia later on. And, uh, yeah, Augusta. We've got to touch on it before we move on. Oh, oh, don't, don't. So for those listening, <laughs> Nick Davis, <laughs> if he had a hall part, well, firstly, if he had a partner... <laughs> And then he had the right for a hall pass. I reckon he'd go Rory McIlroy. The man is in love with Rory. And Rory just came roaring home. Hmm. What about Nick Faldo with a big giveaway as well? 
Did you see it? No. What do you mean? So <laughs> they're on the twelfth on the coverage. Rory's on eighteen in oh. that bunker. <laughs> Nick Faldo goes, Oh, I've just seen something extraordinary. It's unbelievable. You won't you won't believe what's happened. Well, of course, we now believe what's going to happen because they nah, haven't said. Yeah, it was nah. on. Yeah, I know. I get that. And I think Nick Faldo, I did see it actually. Now I know. And that's why I didn't register on my radio. It wasn't that bad. You didn't say, and Rory McIlroy just hold in. Let me tell you right the now, bunker. the good folk at Augusta National wouldn't have taken too kindly <laughs> to Nick doing what he did. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Yeah, it was not good. It was not great. What about Cam Smith's block chunk on 12 into the water? Oh, okay. Into the drink. <laughs> I, I'm saying it because I know what that looks like and I know what that feels like. You could like just see on his face. You could just see it in his yeah. ball struck club face. He's like, oh. Mm. Oh. Did you see Scotty Scheffler? <laughs> he's, he's been asked to do things around the house by his lovely wife. No. Oh, put the jacket on. Put the jacket on. Sorry. When the jacket is on, I am doing nil. <laughs> Absolved of any duty nil. whatsoever. But no, it was um, it was good coverage. Um, were you flat at the end of it, were you? Oh, you just wanted some nah. drama. No, I wasn't flat. No. <laughs> um, no, it was more, well, I knew old mate was miles behind. So I was like, oh, I get up early. And then when you turn the TV on and you see minus seven, I was like, oh, great. Show 64. Great. He missed his greatest ever round. Great. His greatest ever round. <laughs> it's like flashing home. I don't need him around second. I need him to. Anyway. 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 Uh, welcome to the Mowers Club, by the way. You're on uh, SEN 1170 or 1620 SEN on the Gold Coast or on the app or the podcast as well. It's all thanks to Toro Mowers. 100 years of innovation now. And well, we have... Exciting news, don't <laughs> we, Nick? Not only do we have merch... We've got merch. We've got the Keith Arthurton hat. We've got, We've got the red T-shirt <laughs> that just Arthurton. sings, I mow my lawns on a weekend. And by the way, what a day for mowing in Sydney. It is just optimal. This is the rain's gone. gone. The rain is gone. Get on your, like, make sure. I've, I've got to go on and do it this the Sabo. Get it ready for the egg hunt tomorrow. On the Toro. So we've got not only merch, and I'm... Not sure how we're going to give away the merch today. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. I've got a good. I've got a way how I'm giving it. Away. Okay, cool. But we've got a competition. We have, which we're not entirely sure because we haven't given proper instruction. We're working beautifully here at SEN Towers about how to win. Is it a Toro mower? There is everything. Is it a mo- is it, it a ride on? Level up your Saturday morning mowers club status with Toro. Win one of ten Toro prize packs. With a total value of over $4,400, win a Toro personal pace mower or a 60-volt max battery leaf blower. First prize is a mower, a hat, and a T-shirt. Wow. How good. You get the mow and blow option. No, mow is first. Second prize is the blower. Ah, okay. Mow, then blow. Yep. And the third prize... (laughs) Recommended retail price of $42 at the hat and T-shirt. Wow, I didn't know that. Seems I just, wear it to, I just wear it to bed. It's forty-two dollar t-shirt and hat. Seems slightly overpriced. And then it's a, whether you're already a proud Toro owner, which we all are here at the Mowers Club, mm. or looking to level up your mowing game, you could win one of ten Toro prize packs. And it we'll put it up on our social media. Does it how to enter? Okay. Does it say how to enter? It does. But you got to do it from this. Okay. 
upload a photo of you and your Toro mower and the great lawn it helps to achieve. Take your video on Lance and you've got to put it on here. Tell us in 25 words or less how your Toro mower has helped make your lawn the talk of the town. Boom. Boom. So Submit your entry. So Boom. W- like, where do you submit your entry? On here. Yeah, on we- my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Davis, 0457. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, so ha- we'll put it on our social media, on SEN. SEN1170. At SEN1170. I don't uh, even know what mine is. For those that don't have Twitter, how on earth are they going to enter? I don't know. <laughs> we really should have sorted this out before That's we came Maybe on I air. went a little bit too... I think you do. What we will do, we'll investigate exactly we? how to enter through the week and then maybe come It'll back. It'll be up everywhere. It'll be up everywhere. Everywhere. Well done, Nick. You've said something without really thinking about it. And oh, <laughs> and it's only 9.13. <laughs> it's only the fourth time you've done it today as well. Yeah, man. Score update last night, and don't forget uh, this afternoon at SN we'll have coverage of Manly and the Gold Coast. Uh, yesterday, South's too good for the dogs. No real shock there. Penrith withstood, I wouldn't call it a barrage from Brisbane, but it was a competitive Brisbane for the first 25, half an hour, and then foot got put down in second half, and yeah. Yeah, very impressive. There was a gap. No, Panthers were very impressive. Um, looked like, uh, and from watching... Uh, Closely the game last week, the Broncos Roosters. Uh, the Broncos would chips in as you generally are everywhere, but they, they, as they say, they aimed up against the Roosters, and then they were just a bit. Look, they uh, give it everything in the first bit against Penrith, and uh, they were pretty. They were pretty slick out there at the foot of the mountains. Um, very, very ominous signs for the rest of the competition. I'm loath to do this because it annoys me as a fan of an NRL club, i.e. Manly, that three weeks out, four weeks out, however long it is until Origin, people start thinking, oh, will he play Origin? Or if someone gets injured, oh, he might be out for Origin. Yeah, it's annoying. But I'll break my own rule here. Um, Katoni Stagg, so he can he can definitely play for New South Wales. He's represented yeah. Tonga, so yeah. he's from Wellington. If if he can, and I'm presuming they can, he can, they've got to find a way to <laughs> Put him in. He's well, dynamic. I think it's if Latrell doesn't make it at all with his hamstring tendon, so there's got, a centre spot. You've got Tommy T. Well, Tommy T. I mean, he's paper mache. He, he might struggle to make it with his knee and you know his injury well, then, problems and Tedesco at the back. So they're stacked for options. But jeez, what a player! He's a he's a seriously good player. And look, come under a little bit of fire early uh, this year. For his form, but bounce back to form uh, in in the Roosters game, and again, uh, mm. he's um he, he's you know, and again, I don't want to say, he's built for Origin. <laughs> yes, he's built for Origin. He's this guy's built for Origin. Well, build more of him. <laughs> well, I want to keep winning. I would have thought anyone who's good is built, maybe built for Origin. Built for Origin. Everyone that's good at the moment is built for Origin. He's built for Origin. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> We'll talk, we'll talk with Nate Miles. We'll try and get his Nate, definition of... He was built for origin. Built for origin. Exactly. He was built for Gowda Punch as well. <laughs> <laughs> AFL uh, yesterday, North Melbourne Ooh. went down to the Western Bulldogs. Bulldogs did a number on uh, the Kangaroos. West Coast <laughs> at Optus Stadium. They were leaving <laughs> midway through the second quarter, the home. Good old-fashioned walkout. Imagine, imagine, it was a good old-fashioned walkout. There were, like... 
This was you at race three at Randwick last week. <laughs> Should <laughs> have been. Be a good old-fashioned walkout. Would have been able to afford my mortgage <laughs> repayment this week. Swans led 56-0. Yes. In a wonderful advertisement for promotion and relegation for the sport of AFL football. What on earth happened yeah. to Wesker? Is it all the COVID yeah, drama that they've a had? Drama there. Like Swans didn't even had Bud Wano even stayed yeah, over here. Bud didn't uh, purchase his was, Easter bunnies. There was, uh, no Easter. Bud. there was no Bud. Uh, they, were, they were very sharp. The Swans very sharp. Yes, they were. Uh, off the back of uh, the the younger brigade, they're they're playing pretty sharp footy. Um, again, the week the game before the North Melbourne game uh, that the Swans played last week was uh, was close. They <laughs> They uh, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat there a little bit and then uh, went over to bed. And they've got some really good form against uh, West Coast, given the fact they played them in Geelong last year in a COVID. Yeah. And one by 100. So they've got um, they've got good form against West Coast. It was a big rival. It was a big, there was actually... <laughs> West Coast people got long memories. There's a, a a fan had to sign up in the uh, yeah. in the crowd saying Sampy was held in reference Explain. to Leo Barry's mark in the 2005 Grand Final, and I had a big photo of Eamon Buchanan just bare hugging <laughs> Ashley Sampy. <laughs> was was he held? Yeah. Was it a free kick? Absolutely. Unlucky. Not in the Grand Final. <laughs> anyway. Unlucky. Boys, uh, Katoni bombed two tries last night. What you's on about? <laughs> Selling. Thank you, uh, whoever you are, for that uh, wonderful text. It's um, the same person. Yeah. He said use. Use. Mm. Anyway. It must be from the Shire. Shire people say use. Use. What use up to? Super Rugby. Hurricanes over the Pacifica team, 53-12. to 12. Uh, Crusaders got beaten by the Blues, 27-23. And the Reds snuck past the Rebels, 36-32. That was in Super Rugby. And... Uh, now, you can catch every game of the biggest NBL season yet live on ESPN, streamed on KO. Uh, Nick. Did you, you know, know what again? Do you know what happened? <laughs> you can set your clock to it. The Friday Night Specialists. <laughs> you can set your... The Jack Jumpers. They won again. They'd be leading the comp by that far. It's not funny. But then I read if they the played line every un- game on a but, Friday. But then I read the line underneath it. The Jack Jumpers sit outside the top four. Yeah, because they but don't they play. Keep winning. They don't play every game on a Friday. Oh. They're the Friday night specialists. They beat the Breakers 88, 86 Jack Jumpers. Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, new team in the NBL, just outside the uh, the playoffs spots. And a reminder: we'll catch up with Trey Wingo shortly to talk a, a bit of NBA and whatever else is. Going on over there, we might ask him if Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter. Forty-three billion. Billion. That's a lot of money. Wow! Catch every game of the biggest NBL season yet live on ESPN, streamed on KO Football last night. Uh, AFC Champions League, Melbourne City won. Um, Bangkok Clark Glass, the team over there, Panther uh, won as well, and Macarthur beat. The Raw 2-1 in front of just about nobody. I don't know what's going on with the crowds out at MacArthur, but anyway, you can't have them. Can't win them all. <laughs> My comment is to make no comment. And a special mention as well. I'm going to do it anyway. The Manly United under-15s mm-hmm. playing in a tournament in Spain through what? the week. Yeah, they went over there for the tour. They beat Liverpool 1-0, the under-15s of Liverpool. The under-15s of Liverpool. The that's under fifty. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, um, boys were pretty happy about that. Uh, I can't say that they'd be listening. It's what is it? Two o'clock in the morning over there in Spain. Well, they should be. <laughs>
podcast. Yeah, exactly. Podcast. On the podcast. Uh, we are off to a quick break. What we are going to chat about after the break, a little one about a story that popped up through the week about NRL and development and salary caps and all those fun things. And we've got plenty more on the way on this Easter edition of the Mowers Club. Thanks to Tora Mowers, 100 years of innovation. Yeah, good to have your company on the Mowers Club on this Easter Saturday. Later on, uh, we're gonna have, um, I'm going to go through my six sins of Easter. I thought you said seven. No, I could only come up with six. Okay. Well, one was a bit controversial, so I left it out. <laughs> Don't want to get sued on this most holy of weekends. Uh, I've learnt your lesson. Well done. Adrian Prashenko in the, uh, the Herald through the week wrote a story about a proposal that would overhaul the salary cap system in the NRL. Under the proposal, clubs are rewarded for blooding debutants rather than signing players who have established themselves as NRL rivals, rewarding development clubs like the Roosters or the Storm. That's an interesting thought. Now, development is, you can look at it any other way, but development for rugby league is essentially getting the best 16-year-olds in your mm-hmm. in your club and then turning those boys to NRL men, essentially. And down the path, as the NRLW uh, system expands, it'll be from girls to women playing in the top grade. Do you think enough is done to reward teams that develop very good players for first grade, but then see them get, you know, plucked to go to other clubs in their 23, 24th year on earth? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think there is, but I, for me, I, I, it's an over more overarching thing that there needs to be like, and I know that the NRL people will just go, no, there's got to be a, there has to be a draft system. There has to be. In NRL? Yeah. Why? To equalization and spread the talent out. Mm-hmm. Or, as Adrian is talking about, if you can develop someone, if you develop a junior and you can have whatever the stipulation of years or games played in the SG ball, Harold Matthews, and you can, Victor Radley, for instance, at the Roosters, and he is a Roosters junior, 20% off in the salary cap. Yeah, still pay him the same. The 20%. nominal value shown in the salary cap is chipped down is chipped from its down 100% value. To keep your own there. Yeah. Which is a reward to develop your own. And then that 20%, you can then share around. 22 much? Maybe 10, well, 15? Whatever, whatever you want to. Well, that could be. I know what you that, mean that. that could also be nominal to, to how much. Yeah. Because if they become James Tedesco and you're on whatever, or Tommy mm. T and you're on a million, 20% is lots. So that can be nominal up and down, but I think that is one where you can, because you see um, Penrith with their uh, junior development center of excellence, the West Tigers uh, at Concord, their center of excellence is near finishing and they're sort of chips in on that development phase. Uh, Brett Kamali, they're doing some great things. So I think it's, well, my personal opinion is, if you're a, a, a local junior there, you've played... X amount of Z of games in SG Ball, Harold Matts. Um, yeah, a percentage of your salary comes off the salary cap. I don't think there'll ever be a draft in the NRL. They've tried that trick once and it went to court and kind of got be found to be illegal. One person. 
one person, but it's still a, a reference. To, it'll end but up. But the being NBA again. can have a draft. The NFL yeah. can have a draft. I think because it's established before anyone thought otherwise about it. AFL, I think they see it as the greater good for the talent spread. But then again, you look at something that West Coast dished up last night. No, no, they got yeah circumstances. No, they, They've had COVID and everything. Yeah. They, they might finish last this year, and they're going to get rewarded for it. I don't see how you can get rewarded for being mediocre. I don't. Uh, that concept just totally defi- as someone who grows up with football. If you if you are mm. mediocre in football, <laughs> you get relegated. You get punished for it in AFL. If anything, you get rewarded for yeah, it. Yeah, but in football, four teams can win the comp at one go. Yeah. Well, that's essentially going into a season. Wouldn't you say the same thing about AFL? Not right now. Uh, maybe. Not a bad point. Uh, it's the first time you've ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I'm talking about AFL. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I, I just can't see how they'll bring it in. It's a it's a big idea. It is a big idea. But if you bring that idea in, it'll suit some, and then others will pay for it. I, but I look, I'm with you about the West Tigers and and Bulldogs. I think that's why Gus is there as, as much as anything with the Bulldogs and a lot of people are helping behind the scenes. There is a pathway. There's a there's an area that they can tap into, really associate themselves with, like Penrith have. Mm-hmm. They basically got their own area, and then West. And over the mountains and, and areas there. And, yeah, they've... <laughs> but it's important for the clubs, but it's important for the greater game as well. We've seen the code that hasn't got their junior development right in rugby union. Yeah. And not only are they not staying in rugby, they're playing other sports. Yeah. Swally, guys like that. Yeah, it's it's. there's no easy, easy um, solution to it all. But yeah, it's like, is it working in AFL the way it's meant to? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. I, I think look, if you look at the, the, the sides that were down the bottom, maybe four or five years ago in the AFL was Melbourne, Western Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, Port Adelaide were down there. Um, and, and it turns around. And it does, it does turn around. Brisbane Lions after three, four, five, they sort of had a, a, a downturn and now they're back yep. at the top. So it, it does. Quick call on the uh, the open line. Sharky's on the line. How are you, mate? Great, Nick. Guys, yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah, we're good. What's doing? Well, that idea of twenty percent off the salary cap for every player will just give the comp to Pembroke every year. That's the only problem with it. Every, pl- produce- every player players. that comes through, yeah. What it will do as well. Now, I've got two theories. First of all. Key plans, whatever. Every NRL club should be based to a group, to a group six or you know a group four or whatever. Every every club gets to choose a group. They recruit the players from there. No yeah. one else can. That's fair. And I've said this for a long. It's kind of the salary cap. I've said this for a long time. Really, in hindsight, it doesn't matter what you're paid. If the NRL come down and put, if they value the players, if they value the contract, if they say Tedesco, we value you at a million a year, and that's it. The Roosters want to play him. Teaming in a year, so be it. But that, the NRL get to value every player. It's only fair considering they pay the salary anyway. Yeah, in a roundabout kind of way, but that's a lot of pressure on the person who's doing the nominal values yeah. and everything like that. But Sharky, yeah, I mean, 
No, I mean, you need to, like, you're yeah. looking at one bloke, you probably need, I don't know, maybe 10 blokes or five blokes or something. I don't know if you're on the commission. That's the only way you're going to make the confidence. That way you know that every team is operating on a $10 million basis. I don't care if the Roosters want to pay $20 million, As long as under the NRL cap, they pay 10 Fair. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Shaggy, thank you for that, mate. And good luck to your mob tonight against the Melbourne Storm. Big chance. Uh, we're off to a quick break. Plenty more of the Mowers Club right after this. You ever surfed? Yep. And? I took it up in COVID. Oh, did you? Yeah. And no longer? Uh, I wouldn't say no longer. Mm. But normally when I take something up, like if I, if for instance, if I, like if I was to take up snow skiing, I start at the top yep. and work my way back down. When I, got, when I first paddled out, I thought, I'm going to be Kelly Slater here. And then ended up being basically an esky, just <laughs> bobbing up and down in the water. <laughs> but I had good fun. Oh, that's the way. That's the way. I Bell's, had good fun. Bell's Beach happening uh, later this afternoon. They've uh, had a cult. Uh, had a call this morning and they thought, no, nah, the surf's going to get better for the finals this afternoon. What we might do now, uh, the sins of Easter. Oh. Six sins of Easter. So I've listed those. See if you agree with these, Nick. So of the uh, full Easter extravaganza or one day in particular or? The, uh, the whole weekend. The whole weekend. whole weekend. Okay. okay. Yesterday, I've been up at the coast um, this week with the kids uh, for a few days and driving past <laughs> thinking, Driving south yesterday along the F3 mm. from Sydney to Newcastle, thinking, why on earth would you subject yourself to what you're doing right there? So my number six is leaving Sydney anytime after 3 p.m. Thursday or before 2 p.m. on Good Friday and expecting a different result. Pacific Highway. I saw, it is a religious weekend, I think I saw hell on earth. And it was the lineup to get into the service centre at Warnervale, which stretched, I'd say, two k's. <laughs> Imagine having a screaming child in the back of your who oh. needed to go to the toilet. How much longer? <laughs> uh, Number five, I find it outrageous on Good Friday that stores selling alcohol are closed, given that. Good Friday is reportedly the day where Jesus himself gave his life. Mm. And the night before, he had the Last Supper. And what were they drinking? Mm. Wine. That was Thursday. It was Thursday, but you, like, you know, you got to have a drink. That, no, that's your fault. No, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't know this is going to happen. Shouldn't be closed. Get it on Thursday. True, but no. shouldn't be closed. Uh, number four, not going the years first on the Chalk Bunny. You've got, you've got to go to the ears first. <laughs> Run starts at the ears. I've seen the odd person do the ass first. Feet. Feet, sorry. <laughs> yes. But he's got feet. The the back end, the other end. Don't go feet. No, because then it all, it like implodes like you're, you're blowing up a building and then the chocolate little bit shards implode inside the bunny. And then you shake. Yeah. It, yeah. They're like the, the, the chips at the bottom of the Macca's yeah. bag. Gold. The best bits. More when you think that's all done. Yep. Uh, number three. And this is ahead of time. In about two and a half hours' time, this will be relatable for a few oh, yeah. people. Given the amount of sport that is on this afternoon, every kind of sport you can ask for, mm. absolutely everything, 
organising any kind of family gathering after the hour of noon on Easter Saturday. Do it on Friday. Do it on Sunday. Easter Saturday. Leave us all alone to watch sport. (laughs) True? That's true. True? Number two. I reckon it's a sin to not buy a pack of... 10-pack Cadbury eggs, you know, the medium-sized ones, the, yeah. the, the little ones. Yeah. Yeah, the tray. Yeah, the tray. And not try to eat them in one go. <laughs> that could be the... Not try to get through the tray window in one go. Well, this could be for our man, Tristiano Melihanio, <laughs> who, gave me, who gave me a challenge for the the the, the Big Macs. Yes. At McDonald's, <laughs> where he donated to Ronald McDonald House if I could eat four Big Macs and did it on the bit, just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> did you train for it? <laughs> no, did you pay I it didn't, didn't even need to. Oh, First up from a Big Macs. Four Big Macs. How are you feeling after? Big. How was your metabolism for the next three days? Slow. <laughs> <laughs> and the number one sin for me for Easter, and this is, you know, we're, we're talking fun things. I'm not having a go at, you know, the, the fact that it is, for a lot of people, a holy absolutely. weekend. So absolutely pay ultimate respect to the people who believe. But for me, the biggest sin of all time is having any kind in your rotation of what you're eating on Easter Sunday, any kind of carob chocolate. What? Carob chocolate. Uh, the biggest letdown of all time. It goes Cadbury. Daylight, 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 lint, maybe. Hey. Daryl Lee. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And at the Woo. bottom bottom Woo. of the pile. I do not agree. No? No. But carob is not even in the conversation. Carob's not in there. Imagine if you gave someone a carob chocolate egg. Or dark chocolate. If you've got high blood pressure, I understand, you might need to have carob chocolate because you're not allowed to have nah, the... Take the risk. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. So you're you're not with me with having. I'm not with Cadbury. you. Daylight, daylight, daylight. Yeah. Lint bunnies, mate. Oh, they're all right. Oh, the beautiful people that I got a box of lint. Oh, here we go. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> I love lint, mate. Come on. Take the fact that you got a freebie out of the equation <laughs> if you can, and just look at it through the prism of what is good, what is great, and what is brilliant. And yes, lint is good. It's not great, and it's not Cadbury brilliant. Okay. No way in the world. What's your favourite Cadbury say, one? I wouldn't say daylight, daylight, daylight. Hey, what? I'm still, I'm just a bunny, just a bunny. What's the one that your kid might get, and you go, yeah, no, you're not having that. I'm having that because it's so good. And Geordie and I fight over the cream eggs. Yeah, yeah, Cadbury cream eggs. They're good. As yeah. always. Yeah. You know, you get to the thing, and you're going through the checkout, and, you boop, boop, <laughs> and then. I don't remember picking up that cream egg. <laughs> to what he's like said by me. Whistling at the roof. I am all over those sins. I'm with you there. It's a mm. bit. Let us know on 0457 736 736 if I've missed any. 0457 736 736 if I've missed any. But uh, yeah, they're my ones I can't get my head around. For our giveaway, mm. given the fact that one of your sins was about spending quality time in the car, Yep. The Easter long weekend karaoke. Yeah. Who's in control? Who's in control of the music? Is it driver? Is it passenger? Backseaters? As designated driver, I usually, I didn't on this trip, usually I'm organised and I'll just get my AirPods into my phone and they can do what they want. (laughs) It's a cone of silence. Yep. 
Is that somewhat dangerous? No. Driving with AirPods in? Are you allowed to? (laughs) (laughs) On probation? (laughs) Yeah, welcome back to the Mowers Club. And uh, hey, boys, the driver always controls everything in the car. Cheers. The yard engineer, the South Coast mower man. Thank you. Driving with Joel. Yeah. And for our T-shirt and hat this week, it's going to be what's your go-to karaoke song? Okay. It comes on and volume goes up. Windows also go up so you can (laughs) sing as loud as you want. Just belt it out. And just belt it out. Yeah. As you're waiting that 2K line at Warnervale. Noise works. Noise works. Take me back. Take me yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> I can imagine you down at Northies with uh, 13 bourbons down, just belting that out at 2 a.m. Joining us now is a man who's come to Sydney today and hopefully he didn't check in his bags because otherwise they wouldn't have arrived <laughs> in Sydney. Uh, Jason Richardson's up here for from Melbourne for the uh, big card at Randwick, the all-age stakes, and then he's back on the bird down to stall for the stall gift, a, a staple of the Easter weekend. Richo, how are you, mate? Great to be with both of you. Uh, my go-to song has got to be up there, Kazali. Uh, <laughs> with me there, my friend. Up there, Get it up loud. And Mike Brady, his absolute best. My, even one day my, in September. One day in September. I do enjoy that one too, Richo. That's uh, not a bad. I don't mind that. You, actually, you know what? You win at the moment. You've got a hat and T-shirt. So if no one else has oh, it, so as long as you can take care of it, as long as you can see, well, if it's sunny in store, you'll need a hat. It's not, oh, it's a little bit sunny out here today in Sydney, but if you only got carry-on, a hat and t-shirt's all yours. Yeah, mate, I've only got carry-on, I can assure you. I planned ahead and looking forward to a great day of racing today as we bring the curtain down on on an awesome carnival up here in Sydney. I know marred by the weather and that's been so bloody frustrating, but good news is that we've got a drying track today, so a heavy eight at the moment. We'll go out and have a walk of it at the moment and hopefully it'll be a little drier than that, so um, the All Age is an absolute beauty. And then Fireburn's trying to become just the seventh horse to win the Triple Crown. And uh, she is a ripping filly. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was good that they got the races on last week. Um, but hopefully the track plays a little bit differently today because some of the best horses in the land last week couldn't handle the track. What about in um, down in Stall, mate? How's the, the track down there? So your relationship with Stall goes back away um, with the athletics and it's a great, and if you're not totally across it, it's, it's handicap racing, which captures the attention. So it's, it's, you're, you're off, uh, all of the runners are off different starts. I, I seem to remember as well, Richo, the year that Kathy won off scratch in the 400, which yeah. was one of the most extraordinary runs I think I've ever seen in my life. But um, mate, take us there. What, what kind of weekend is it? Oh, it's an extraordinary weekend. And for, for those, just so you can understand what the, the concept of the handicap racing is about, it's about, um, trying to make sure that every runner goes across the line in theory together. So it's exactly the same as horse racing, whereas the horses adjusted their chances by weight. They can't do that to humans, so they adjust it by distance. Why so, not? Uh, <laughs> Why not? I want, him in, I want him in a weight vest. <laughs> they should, Richo. Richo, you're on the board down there. Make it happen. <laughs> I want him to carry the weight vest. Beauty, wouldn't it? Imagine I'd have to carry your fat ass down the track. <laughs> or carry a sled or do something. That would be so good. <laughs> um, so this this year's the 140th running of the Power Course Stall Gift, which is unbelievable. So you think about the Melbourne Cup and then the VFL slash AFL Grand Final and the Stall Gift. They are the three longest running sporting events in Australian 
uh, sporting history down in Victoria. is It's extraordinary. So the, the history and tradition is magnificent. This year, we've got six or seven of the best of the Australian sprinters coming down, both men and women, to tackle um, and try to win the $40,000 first prize. So uh, today is all the heat. So traditionally, you win your heat, you go through to the semifinals on on Monday, Six semi-finals of six. Winners only in the semi-final to have a crack at the final. Six in the final. Winner takes 40 grand. Runner-up takes about eight grand. And then the horrendous position of running third in the stall gift where you get about a 1000 bucks. The bloke that might have beaten you by 13 centimetres gets 39000 more than you just to rub a bit of salt in the wounds. It's a bloody beauty. Richo, is there method to the madness in qualifying? Can like the Melbourne Cup, Caulfield Cup, if you win well in the heat, can <laughs> do you get re-handicapped, or you, do you just have to get you don't through? Don't get re-handicapped okay. for the whole weekend. No, okay. so uh, so you're going as fast no, as you can now. You're, it's it's game on. You know, there's there's a small percentage of people that have probably think in their mind that they've played the game, that they've had the ability to go a little faster than what they've showed, but. Uh, well, there's nothing like the uh, the honesty of a stopwatch, and we're about to find out if they've been kidding themselves because uh, they're about to get on the blocks and have a crack and see. You know, you, you think about Jake Doran coming down from uh, northern Queensland. He's the Australian 100-metre champion. He'll be giving some athletes nine-and-a-half metres head start. Some of them have been living, dreaming, breathing of trying to win the store gift for a decade. They've got out to a big handicap of 10 is the most you can have. If they've got out to that mark, can Jake Doran give him nine and a half head start and storm over the top? We've seen Josh Ross win the whole race mm. uh, off scratch. We think of Dean Capabianco who won it off uh, two metres back in 1990. It can be done, but uh, for the uh, for the leading Australian athletes, they need to be at their absolute top of their game because Linford Christie and Asafa Powell and likes have come out and tried to win yeah. um, off a tight mark. So it's a huge challenge, but both men and women, both racing with first prize 40 grand. Do they still have the old beat the handicapper with the bookies down there and there's a massive plunge like on the Thursday or the Friday about a certain runner who... Like this bloke's been running in Kmart shoes and (laughs) where did he get his spikes on? (laughs) (laughs) I think that that has been a little bit in the past. There's still bookmakers there. Rob Waterhouse came down last year to field at the store gift and they had a lot of fun throughout the weekend. Uh, he said there was a few hot goes that he couldn't possibly predict that uh, I don't know if he wants to come back again. Well, he knows all um, about them. <laughs> I'm, sure he's, I'm pretty sure he's in front. <laughs> I mean, my, my personal experience when I was lucky enough to win it in 93 was my betting fluctuations were 40 to 1 into 10 to 1 on. It wasn't a big go, but it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Richo. Only a rod if you're not in, it's only a rod if you're not involved, as well far as I'm Rich- concerned. <laughs> Exactly, exactly the way we look at it. No, it's a, it's a great event. We're trying to get some. We've also got a AIA Vitality, a thousand metre clash where we've taken yeah. the best female Australian Olympians, um, Lyndon Hall, who's our uh, Olympic finalist over fifteen hundred metres, and Australian record holder at fifteen hundred metres before Jess Hull just knocked it off, up against our Australian record holder over eight hundred metres in Katrina Bissett. So battling over a thousand metres there, there's eight invitation, invitational women, all Australian representatives. That'll be a beauty as well to watch them in action. Oh, it's like a... Sea biscuit and no, it's Winks v <laughs> Black Caviar over thirteen hundred. It's perfect. That's good. Yeah, I love it. It's <laughs> perfect. Uh, <laughs> Richo, busy weekend for you, mate. So on the seven coverage today at the races, and then uh, I'm presuming that Channel Seven have got the the stall gift as well. 
Yes. They certainly do. Yep. Yeah, we're 11.30 to 2.30, so three hours of live uh, coverage uh, nationally, which um, you know, we were lucky enough to have over a million people tune in. It's something uh, very unique, something very Australian about the stall gift and the great history and tradition of, uh, of this race. So we'll celebrate it in style and... Uh, I'll, uh, I've also grabbed a mate of mine in a headlock and uh, begged him to come along. So it'll be great to have Bruce McAvaney there oh, part of our Bruce. coverage. <laughs> and, you, and you can drive up the stall and you can have this pumping in the background, my friend. I oh, love it. Turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> you do realise that for 95% of Sydney, this means nothing to them. <laughs> so. Oh, well, you know, they're uneducated. They need to sing it up and sing it loud. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Richo, really appreciate your time this morning. Have a good day at the races and enjoy store, mate. Great to chat to you. Jason Richardson will be all over Channel 7 across the weekend for the store gift and the all-age stakes. We've got our second hour of the Mowers Club <laughs> on the way. Welcome back to the second hour. See that? Usually when we come out with the second hour, it's really slow. Mm, maybe it's just because we've been around. here for an hour. No, maybe it's because Gibbo's not here. Yeah, Pat's all over it. He's playing the right version. He is. Yeah. Feeling good on a Saturday morning. Easter Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Mowers Club. If you're just joining us, count down to what? Tomorrow. Chocolate. Eating your body weight. My body weight. A bit type 1 diabetic by the end of the day. (laughs) Nick Boomba Davis. (laughs) That's why I'm paying it forward. Paying it forward. Now, NBA this weekend. Very, very interesting. It's only coming... Was it last year or the year this before? Year. Yeah, no, no. Play-ins. Play-ins were last year as well, I remember. Um, the year before, maybe. This man will definitely be able to tell us when it came in because I reckon, I'm not so sure about NRL, but AFL, your sport, Nick Davis, I reckon the AFL are looking closely at... Tinkering? Possibly for the finals, doing something similar to what they do in the NBA. So they have four teams, 1v2, if you want to rank him like that, who finished 7th and 8th. They play against each other. Winner goes through into the playoffs. And then the loser plays the winner of 9v10. It, it winner sounds, of that, and then it they go through. It all sounds like basketball, one of the great movies <laughs> of all time. <laughs> to tell us more, our man over in the States, great US broadcaster, Trey Wingo, joins us once again. Trey, how are you, mate? Guys, great to talk with you and tremendous to hear the basketball reference right <laughs> at the line of the movie when he was so excited and he said, look at these nipples, how excited I am. <laughs> now, Trey, tell us about this play-in tournament and, and how it's gone down. Um, I'll reference there, I think it was second year, maybe third year. Has it stuck? Has it yeah. had the desired effect? Can you see them sticking with it? And the updated version is the fact that Brooklyn have made it through to the playoffs, so they're happy. But from an Australian perspective, we get to maybe see Ben Simmons. By the by, the playing tournament, is it working? I don't know if it is. I mean, look, I, the, the first round of the playoffs used to be best of five, like, you know, just win three games. And then, uh, you know, many years ago, they met, they switched it to, you know, best of seven. The whole point is just to put more product out mm. there, right? Like, yep. I, the play-in tournament is just another way of generating more games, and more games means more revenue, and more revenue means more eyeball. Uh, it's it's a money play. Let's just be honest yeah. about it. It's it's about more money. It's like when the NFL went to a 17-game schedule, no one was saying, "Boy, we would really use a 10 and 7 team." Uh, it's just another way to maximize the revenue. I I don't think it increases or decreases the basketball one way or the other. It just gives us more volume, more content, and more potential revenue. That's it. 
that's it. It's a money play. End of schedule. End of discussion. It's more meaningful games, Trey, at the end of the season. Whereas in the NBA, you've got to – and in the NFL, same thing. You get oh, eliminated, eliminated, can't make the playoffs, can't make it. And then no, no eyeballs are on those games. And it's also a way to hopefully if the Lakers could make it. But they still couldn't even make it in a playing system. Right. Oh, man. Right. And, and to, your, to your point, I, I get it about, you know, more meaningful games. But how meaningful are they when you look at the two seven seeds, for yeah. example, and you mentioned the NFL playoffs and the seven seeds there. Was it meaningful? I mean, I don't think anybody thought those two seven seeds in the in the NFL were anywhere near anything good, and they played that way in the first round of the playoffs. So, yes, technically it's a meaningful game in the, in the sense that it adds – it's a win-or-go-home kind of situation, but it doesn't really – I think it means yeah. more in the NBA because there's a little bit more flexibility there and there's a little bit less discrepancy between those teams – but it's really more about revenue. Let's, let, you know, when someone says it's not about the money, that's the indication that it's always <laughs> yeah, about the money. money. Play, play, like, remember, Aaron Rodgers was going to retire until they gave him $50 million guaranteed. So he was never going to retire. He just wanted more money. And the playing games generate more revenue. That's what it is. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's about making money. Uh, an issue for the Clippers against uh, the Pelicans. Um, Pelicans down here is a derogatory term. Well, not a derogatory <laughs> term, but you, you, if you're described as a Pelican, you, you're a bit of a, you know, you're, you're off with the fairies type thing. But Paul George's not playing for the Clippers, so that's a, a big blow for them. Um, with the playoffs tray, uh, Brooklyn, does Ben Simmons suit up at all against the Boston Celtics in their series coming up? I don't think so. Uh well, he's going to suit up like he had that magical, wonderful green jacket and shorts. It was Master. Like, it, was was it was Master's week. It was Master's week. It was Master's week. I'm sure. I'm sure that was Ben's philosophy. Hey guys, I got a great idea. The Masters winner gets the green jacket, so let's absolutely make sure my outfit to sit on the bench is green. I am not giving Ben Simmons that much credit. Um, I, I don't know. Like the whole Ben Simmons thing has become sort of ridiculous over here. And I know he's a huge part of Australia and, and he has incredible talent, but Ben Simmons is his own worst enemy and continues to be so whether he plays or not to most of us over here is almost irrelevant because he's a guy who's afraid to shoot. He's a guy who's afraid to work on his game. He's a guy who pouts a lot and basically is, is sort of petulant. He's sort of a petulant child in the way we look at him over here. Um, he has incredible skill, but he chooses not to work on making himself any better. Instead, he wants to pout about it, and he's turned a lot of people off. Mm. I reckon he somehow played. I just noticed a bit of a difference, uh, Trey, with him and, and Patty, who if you could choose – if us here in Australia could choose one person in the world – and this is why we were so disappointed that Ben didn't play the Olympics because we know the, the Boomers, our yeah. national team, have such a strong culture and, and it's team-first basketball that Paddy next to him, I reckon he's the – if Paddy doesn't get through to him, put it this way, <laughs> no human on earth will be able to get through to him, if you know what I mean. Right. You're, you're 100% right. And Paddy is sort of the epitome of everything you want someone to be, right? Okay, he's not, he doesn't have the greatest talent, but he's going to give you everything he's got, and he's going to work his hardest to maximize what he has. And it feels like Ben is the exact opposite of that. I mean, this guy has as much talent as anybody in the league. Like, no one is debating that. 
The question is, what is he willing to do with that talent? And is he willing to make, is he willing to put in the work to make himself the best possible version of himself? And no one in the NBA can say that with any great certainty at this point. I mean, turn my microphone back on. That's I, easy. I did, been doing that trick. That's Adam's trick. <laughs> always uh, good. Yeah, always, always good. Always F- good. First round of the playoffs. What's the matchup that you're looking forward to? Are there any upsets? Do you see, can the Bulls get past the Bucks? I mean, they can, but I don't expect them to. You know, I mean, like the first round of the playoffs in, in the NBA specifically is always so lopsided. There are very few upsets. Like I said, it used to be a three of five, then it became a four of seven, and now we have to play in games to get to the four of seven. So. It, I, there's, I mean, the Bulls have been an exciting team all year, and I, the guy that does the, the broadcast for them I know is a friend of mine, and it's good. But when when the Bucks want to be right, they'll be right, and I don't I don't expect uh, Chicago to take them take them down because you know Milwaukee has one of the three best players in the league right now. You know, we're talking about Ben. Like Giannis is what everyone wants Ben to be, and he doesn't seem to be willing to understand that going forward. So I, I, I do feel really strongly that Milwaukee's going to be just fine. Hey, uh, Trey, take us through the cluster <clears throat> that happened at the Lakers through the week with the firing of their coach, but news got out before the Lakers front office got the word to the coach that he no longer had a job. Yeah, that happens all the time, unfortunately, over here, whether it's the <laughs> NBA or the NFL. They're, you know, they're just really good insiders that that know uh, that are as plugged in as anybody. And the Lakers were a spectacular failure this year. I mean, you know, the whole Russell Westbrook thing never worked, and that was something that, quite frankly, LeBron sort of forced and really wanted wanted to have in there because he wanted a big three. But anybody who's ever seen Russell play, wherever he's played, knows that the ball has to be in Russell Westbrook's hands. And he's not a really he's not a distributor. He's not a guy that's going to make sure everyone gets involved. But it's like it's like asking James Harden to to take half his shots. You know that's never going to happen. Like the offense goes through James, and the offense will go through Russell, and that that was oil and water all along. Uh, how Frank Vogel won a championship, albeit in the you know in the in the bubble uh, that year in in Disney, was just incredible. Um, but it, it was it was emblematic of their entire season. Anthony Davis missed 39 games. It's just you, you can't get any rhythm with one of your best players missing almost half the season. The Russell Westbrook thing never meshed. Had they tried to get like three or four role players around LeBron and Anthony Davis instead of going for a third star like Russell Westbrook, they might have found a way to do what LeBron did that year when he I think it was in 2018 where he took the maybe the worst team I've ever seen. <laughs> to the NBA Finals, which they eventually got swept by the Warriors that year. Um, but remember, like in that first game, LeBron dropped over 50 and J.R. Smith forgot what the time was and dribbled up the box. <laughs> <laughs> he had a game when he shot, you know what I mean? Like if they had figured that game out, that series might have been completely different. This, this Lakers team was never put together the right way. It never produced the right way. And now you have this situation with Anthony there and LeBron – basically hanging on to play with Bronny at this point, his son. And they have to figure out what they're going to do next. Yes, they got a title out of it, but the Lakers are so far removed from where they thought they'd be with Anthony Davis and LeBron and another superstar that they actually are in reality right now. It's a, it's a mess. It's a complete mess. It is. It is. What, something, it wasn't quite a mess, Trey. Let's switch to the NFL. The NFL offseason and the signings, 
Oh, my Lord. There were people flying around everywhere and being a Raiders fan sitting there going, oh, things are not great. And then they went great again with Devontae Adams landing and then Derek Carr signs a massive extension. Yeah, the NFL was completely drunk, like blackout drunk this entire offseason. <laughs> it was crazy. And we, we still haven't even gotten to the draft. You know, we haven't even got to the draft yet. But this has been the craziest offseason I can ever remember in NFL history for a couple of reasons. Number one, we're seeing player empowerment. Like the first NBA contract was in the NFL this year with what the Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson, a $230 million guaranteed deal. The most guaranteed money in NFL history – uh, and the first fully guaranteed contract over, uh, you know, several years. Um, so, you know, there's no, there's no language in the NBA Players Association collective bargaining agreement with the NBA that all those contracts have to be guaranteed. The NBA owners just realize if we want to get the players, we have to guarantee the money. Well, now the owners of the Browns, Jimmy and D. Haslam, are pretty much pariahs around the NFL because – Every quarterback now is going to say, I want the Deshaun Watson deal. <laughs> every single quarterback, every single wide receiver, every single offensive tackle, every single edge rusher is going to say, I want the Deshaun Watson deal. It's changed the NFL forever. And, and the Raiders are fascinating because not only do they get Devontae Adams and they signed Derek Carter, that massive, massive extension, they also bring in Chandler Jones, who has been one of the most elite pass rushers since he came to the league in 2013. But all of this, like you mentioned the Raiders, all of this in the AFC West, which I find fascinating. You know, Russell Wilson goes to the Denver Broncos. Uh, Khalil Mack joins Joey Bosa with the Chargers. And they also get J.C. Jackson from the Patriots, who's had the most interceptions since he came into the league. All of this is about one guy, and that's the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs have won the division six straight times, four straight times under Patrick Mahomes. With Pac Mahomes as their starting quarterback, the Chiefs have never not hosted the AFC Championship game. And in his first four seasons as a starter, he has the most passing yards, 118,707, and the most passing touchdowns, 152, in NFL history. So all of this, what you're seeing, specifically in the AFC West, is an arms race to try and stop the greatest arm in the game, which is Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's incredible. Like One man is making all of this happen. And a lot of money. <laughs> and a truck. <laughs> and an unbelievable amount of money. Uh, Trey, thanks so much Both. for your time, mate. Um, what do you got on for Easter? Are you going to do a Nick Davis and try and eat your body weight and chocolate? Uh, no, I would never try and do that because I would be dead. Uh, I'm going to try and play as much golf as possibly yeah. can. And, and hopefully getting back into Australia very soon now that things have been released and the restrictions are sort of pushed back a little bit. So hopefully getting back to Australia as soon as I possibly can. And bring your golf clubs and Nick Davis can show you how it's not done when the pressure's on. <laughs> as long as he has not died from chocolate over it. Yeah. <laughs> this, is this is true. We'll check on uh, check in with him on uh, Sunday afternoon. Trey, really appreciate it, mate. Enjoy the, uh, the playoffs, which are coming up in the NBA. You got it, guys. Take care. Trey Wingo joining us there from the States. Off to a quick break on the way. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe not a stack of mowing going on this morning, even though it's optimal mowing conditions. Yeah, you need to mow because you got to you got to get the your area and your garden right for the Easter egg hunt. You got exactly. to get it right, exactly. But if you're away or you're on the road or you're driving or whatever, karaoke. you can't do it. But you got karaoke happening, and you've already given us one karaoke yeah. song, which was Noise Works, and you, another one another that you're going to throw up, Belinda Carlisle. Pardon, <laughs> Summer Rain. What? Great song. <laughs> you built Patty, that can out. We, yeah, cue it up. Get it. <laughs>
It's a great song to sing <laughs> loudly in the car on your own. Didn't pick you for a B Carlisle fan. Linda Carlisle? Yeah. Great song. <laughs> I'm not in the car, so I can't sing it because I don't sound the same. <laughs> oh, I'd go on The Voice if I could do it from the car. <laughs> sure you could. I don't reckon too many of those TV, uh, chairs are turning around. They're all turning and they're going, who the hell is that? I got a story about oh, this song. About Belinda Carlisle? Yeah. yeah. So, oh. you're a DJ, aren't you? Uh, yeah, every time I say that on air, people get yeah, people get angry at me. But I lived in a in a share house and my housemate got arrested. And then so our rent was behind. I just had no idea what was going on. And the real estate came into the house. Then into my room, and I was listening to this song. <laughs> <laughs> so a stranger comes into my house, into my room, and he's like, Bro, what the hell are you listening to this song for? Also, you owe me three grand. <laughs> this is the chorus. This is the best bit. This is the bit you gotta, you gotta pump it up. I thought you said you weren't gonna sing. You can't not. <laughs> and I was moving. Anyway, that's a karaoke song. So 0457 736 736. Your karaoke song where <laughs> volume up, windows up, and away you go. What are you? I'm such a The Humpty Dumpty egg thing come on. And I went, ooh, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's like Homer Simpson. There's a dog with a puffy ooh. tail. Uh, Hip hop. Text on the text line from the Oatly Magpie. Should mm. you store your Easter eggs in the fridge or the cupboard? Neither. Is that... Pr- where else is it going? Freezer. Freezer? Freezer. I put Turkish delights in the freezer because the Turkish doesn't. I put Turkish delights in the bin because <laughs> they don't deserve to be in the favourites. That's a story for another day. So is, is this pre-opening or post-opening or of egg or just as you've got bought it from the shop or it's been, yeah. or it's been, or it's freezer. been delivered? Boom. Or it's been delivered by Lynn. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Ching. We need a sound effect for every time Ching. you mention something that you get for free. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. I'll get it. <laughs> uh, uh, I am a fridge. I'm a fridge man. Fridge, yeah. Jamie Soward, the great Jamie Soward, NRLW coach of the year. Yes. Is a fridge man for chips. As in like packet of chips. Yeah, packet of chips. Once opened. In the fridge for crispness. So he would die on the hill for it. Doesn't the moisture change the nah. texture of said potato? No, nah, apparently not. He he dies by it's how he mate, he has mate. You gotta do it. Just purposefully. Well my problem is that there's never really a half eaten packet of chips. It's they're normally full or gone. But half-eaten packet of chips in the fridge. I'll tell you what, uh, right now he's reaching for the back of the fridge for the old uh, vino or something stronger every time he watches that grand final replay. Good effort. Great effort. Nearly got it done. Nearly. But not quite. Roosters. Big win. Uh, What's your song? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. He's got to know. I don't know off the top of my head because I don't sit there and sing in the car. Because I know my limitations, Nick Davis. That's where that's where there are no limitations in the car. <laughs> but very I look forward to driving so I can sing <laughs> in the car. Oh uh, dear. No, yeah, Jason. Uh, There's a big good one. <laughs> lover, lover. Sonia Dada. <laughs> Jason and I, we were sitting at uh, a brewery in in the Shire one day, and there was a guy on the guitar, and he was um, 
playing some live music. And the yeah. start of every song sounded like Sonia Dada. And every time he started, it, we're like, yes. And then it was like, nah. Like his first few <laughs> chords were lover, lover. And then he just went on and played another song. So as we were driving back to Jason's house in Crudala, the whole way down the Kingsway, it was, yes, Sonia Dada. And now the other Pelican, Brett from Backwards, Dua Lipa. Here's another one of ours. We've got our little karaoke friends that when our songs come on, we let each other know. Oh, yeah? You're like a WhatsApp group. When are we getting to some vocal here? Is this the instrumental? <laughs> <laughs> or am I, you want me to chime in? Oh. No, this is just the instrumental, but it's on here, data. No, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Dua Lipa. Uh, now we've got... It's time for... Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. No, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Worked on that all week. Now we've got... <laughs> the concentration on your double. face <laughs> to get that throw right is so important. Go for it. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. Hot cross buns. Not having yeah, them? Nah. Uh, no, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Uh, um, nah. Hot cross bun is the most overrated food which is aligned to a day or event ever. Turkey's up there. Turkey on what? Thanksgiving. Christmas. Or Christmas. Uh, Turkey's more the Thanksgiving thing, is it not? Yeah, a lot of people had turkey. Hot cross buns. Yeah, nah. What about the choc chip hot cross buns instead of the fruit? That's a whole different (laughs) (laughs) Anything with choc or chip Mm. or bun. Oh, yeah, no. Flying. Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. So you're telling me that you run an airline and you know you've got staff shortages and you know it's really hard for people to get through security and you know that baggage is being left on tarmac because of staff shortages and then you still go through with the fact that you had a yoga pe- person come and give at Qantas headquarters. Did you read about that? No, I don't read that. Oh, no. Joycey old mate has got... Joycey to- <laughs> Joycey. <laughs> Every time you get on a plane, you get... The- Stuck on his, it's a it's a tuck up from Joycey. It's his problem. It's his fault. But he's organised this like staff benefits thing for all head office staff. Mm-hmm. It's frigging chaos at Mascot. Oh, so they've had a retreat. Not Frig- a retreat. They've had people come into the office and you know do a bit of yoga and other thing. They had something else happening as well. When people at the airport <laughs> are getting great. there seventeen hours That's before so and not getting through security That's on time. Great. I love that. Apparently the other day from Melbourne to Brisbane, every flight that left Melbourne to go to Brisbane went without baggage. The pilot's like, geez, it feels a bit light. Yeah, was... <laughs> so we're getting there fast. <laughs> it's like the Griswolds where all the luggage comes flying off the top. Flying. I... Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Pat, you go on. Pat. NRL, oh, this is low-hanging fruit, but NRL Twitter, like since that Titans-Tigers game a few weeks ago, which was a stinker, but yep. everyone, every game, everyone's just saying, this game sucks, this game sucks. Like, do you watch? Like, don't you don't have to watch it. Like, yeah. you, can, you can only get so many, this is bad game, before you say, well, that's the problem I with don't having like rugby league. Every game televised doesn't help the product sometimes. Yeah, some people are like, oh, every sure. game should be a top four game. Yeah, but it's not, because there's you only four, yeah. top four <laughs> sides. And, but then, and that's where Trey's coming from, where you get the playing games. Everyone just wants playoffs the whole time, and finals yeah. games the whole time. No, you've got a chicken in the egg. Yeah, they want WWF. Yeah, nah. Mm. What's happening to your glasses, Pat? Oh, <laughs> just looks like I can't up. see Pat. <laughs> just have a look. I'm surprised that Pat can see because he's oh, lost. No! He's lost an arm oh, on his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's 
he's walking around <laughs> with them. On a tilt. On he's a tilt. On tilt. <laughs> he's, he's... Um, yeah, anyway. I walked into a closed elevator and then oh, one of the arms came off and so they keep falling off and they keep getting yeah. worse and it's three-week turnaround on getting new ones. He's trying to do his best Gibbo impersonation. <laughs> yeah. Looking disheveled. <laughs> <laughs> Gibbo's got you covered in that department Absolutely. at the moment. Uh, you got any more yet, yeah, Nicholas? Do, I do. I yeah. do. It's, it's the whole Good Friday and what you should and shouldn't eat thing. Mm-hmm. If you should or shouldn't have, be if you are should religious and have not consummated and had sexual relations before you're married, you should mm. not tell anyone what to eat. <laughs> and you should just wake up and have bacon <laughs> because it's too late. That's what I did yesterday <laughs> by accident. I've got no problems with people following through if they believe and, yeah, do with that. But I tried so hard yesterday, but in the Virgin Lounge, there was hamburger sliders from Betty's Burgers. And I tried so hard. You got through security, did you? (laughs) I tried so hard for the whole day. Yeah. But I relented. Yeah. But that sin, you know, my friend is on about page... 73. 73. (laughs) Done for Yeno? Yeah. Got one more? No. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mowers Club. Uh, Nate Miles was meant to come on, like scrack, scratching. So we won't talk to Nate about uh, Manly and Gold Coast, but we will talk uh, about our other game that's happening in NRL today, uh, Cronulla and Melbourne, and a man who played for both with great distinction, and now he graces the airwaves of SEN from time to time. Brett Kamali joins us right now. Noddy, how are you? I could never speak to when I said that morning, hey? <laughs> Sorry, mate. You just dropped out. Go again. Oh, the two greatest humans. Well. I'm at the Bulls Club, but it's a Saturday afternoon for me this week. You where? No, I'm going to join the Mowers Club, mate. Oh, My good. yard's a bit wet, a bit long. It's, it's been a bit wet because of all the rain. My youngest wants me to put the soccer net back up. So I'm joining the Mowers Club on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, the Arvo cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Arvo yeah. cut's fair enough. No, that's fine. That's, it's yeah. in the bylaws. You can do the Arvo cut. <laughs> yeah. How much have you been pestered by the young bloke to get the soccer net back up? Because yeah, of the... yeah. Well, she, she had training the other day for the first time in about three weeks because everything out well, everything in most places has been cancelled. But um, yeah. she's like, oh, I had fun tonight. Um, can you cut the yard and put the net back up? I was like... Smile for a sec. We've got to do a pitch inspection. We've got to make sure it's not too wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, um, a quick one. Last night, you, you would have seen Penrith do a number on Brisbane. Not surprised in any way, shape, or form about that one, Noddy? No, really surprised after watching the game on how the scoreline ended up. I thought the Broncos were really, really good. Uh, obviously, the hamstring injury that Tessie knew and just on half time. I don't know how much that affected the second half, but... Um, the Broncos were great. Um, you know, took it to Penrith. They led at the start. That was a good challenge. It got into half time, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be an amazing second half." But it just shows you the class of the of the Penrith Panthers, who can play at that pace for for a longer period of time. So, um, and Nick would know as well, and, and you, Adam, as well. Like the good sides don't do anything of, of any more fanciness or any trick plays or anything else. They just do the simple things at a higher pace for a longer period of time, and. It broke the Broncos last night. They just couldn't go with them for that that such, that long period of time. And, and in the end, the floodgates opened up. And Nod, before we get into your career at Melbourne and the Sharkies, the game tonight, um, you know, we're, we're shy people. Things are, the, the people of the Shire are happy at the moment with what's happening uh, with Fitzy and his boys. 
Very true, very true. Yeah, I went down to Shark Park last Sunday afternoon, so it was, it was actually quite nice to go back to Shark Park for the first time for a couple of years. Uh, I understand them having to go to Cochrane and, and the Bullies Club development, but um, the Shire people, as you said, Nick, are very, very happy. They believe they're... I think everyone thought they'd go reasonably well with Hines, Manukin, um and Cam McGuinness as signings, and then Fitzy being such a great... Uh, done a long apprenticeship, and it was a good player, but I don't think people thought they would become premiership contenders in five weeks, which they literally, literally have become now. They're, they're playing great. I like the brand of football they're playing. They're tough. They've got some powerful forwards, good skill in the halves, and, and, and lots of pace. So um, the, I think there's four to five teams that can potentially win the competition, and the Cronulla Sharks are sitting in that top four, top five teams at the moment. And the Melbourne Storm, how do you see the start to their season? It's had people coming in and out of the side, but they, they need to be, as you said, the good sides just do the right thing at the right time, and they seem to be, you know, getting the getting just banking the wins, maybe not playing their best. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they've had a few changes of players over a few weeks, um, injuries, and there was obviously the carryover suspension from last year. And uh, I, I think Harry Grant, if he's not the best player in the competition at the moment, he's the second best player behind Nathan Cleary. So he keeps taking his game to a new level. Papenhausen's fire, Munster. He's going well. They unearth all these new young kids every every week or every few weeks when Craig Bellamy's got to introduce someone new. So uh, the model of the Melbourne Storm just continues on. Um, you know they're going to get in the arm wrestle. You know they're not going to get beat in the fitness game. You know they're not going to beat themselves too often. So I look forward to this clash. I think it's a great clash. Not, I'm not looking. For, I'm not thinking this clash is something for Melbourne to show us that they're still a top side because we know that they are a top side. I'm actually looking to see if Cronulla can go for 80 minutes against the top side that's well-drilled defensively, gives you not much, and you've got to take your chances. So it'll be very much a, um, a, a better indicator for the Cronulla Sharks, but obviously, you know, we'll see Bellamy up and out of his seat about 15 times, and he won't be happy <laughs> with a few things. <laughs> He'll still ride the emotions, but, uh, I, you know, this is the game of the round, this one, isn't it, so far, uh, or so far, probably even um, this year with the top sides playing against each other. and They'll, they'll bash each other in the front row com- um, camaraderie and they'll have some great skill and uh, the outside backs of both sides are really classy. Yeah, I can see Cronulla finishing top four at the expense of either South or Manly and maybe both of those sides miss out and maybe another one comes in but the way Cronulla have started is outstanding. What what do you think, you know the joint pretty well, Noddy, from your time there and look, okay, people come and go but the the fabric of the place still stays the same and, and the Sharks is a very parochial area, as we know, because it's just called the Shire. And if you're not from the Shire, well, you're not from the Shire. But how do you feel that Craig Fitzgibbon has been able to, to fit in, looks like, pretty quickly? Is it by virtue of the fact that they've bought really well or is it something else? Uh, it's a, I think it's a number of factors. Um, the, the players that they made business decisions on, whether who they let go and who they bought, is a big part of it. Um, let go of some troubled people, I suppose you can say, who are on big money and bought some younger kids or um, winners. Um, I think it's important that you buy winners to your football club uh, and people that have got good work ethic and they're great blokes. And that's the three players they've got from the, the or two from Melbourne Storm, one from the Dragons. Uh, I saw Nico Hines here over summer just on his skateboard, just cruising down on a Sunday afternoon down the Esplanade. So he's a kid from Woiwo, grew up on the beach. He comes back to the Shire as a pretty good player and I think you'd imagine he would love the lifestyle. Um, and now they're playing well. Obviously, all the locals love him even more. Um, yeah, I, I, and I think, obviously, Craig Fitzgibbon as a player was a really fitness freak player. Um, worked his backside off, great goal kicker, um, and has done probably the best apprenticeship under a guy called Trent Robinson, 
out of any of the assistant coaches that are next off the cap to get a, an NRL coaching job. So uh, a number of things there. And, and he, his dad coached the club, I think it was late 70s or early 80s as well. So there's a big history there with, you know, with him becoming um, a, a coach. An NRL head coach is a great achievement, but also coaching in a club that your father had also been the NRL head coach, I think is a pretty special moment. Uh, Nod, let's talk to your time now back at, at Melbourne Storm. What were some of the, the great memories from a club that you know, was just starting off at that time and, and sort of hasn't got to the heights that it, that it is now? How did, how did it all start out for you there? Yeah, well, obviously for me, it was a, um, the folding of the Hunter Mariners in some regards was the ability of the Melbourne Storm to pick up five or six players from the Hunter Mariners, I think, and five and six players effectively from the Western Reds. So it was, um, we were just playing great uh, at Hunter and wanted to go down there. And, you know, Scotty Hill obviously was my house partner at the, at the Hunter Mariners. Robbie Ross, Robbie Ross was our fullback. So Robbie was a person that sort of pushed a few of us to go down there or at least come down for a look. Uh, I think he was one of the first players that the Melbourne Storm had signed. And, about 12 months earlier than that, I'd actually agreed to go to, to Canterbury with Chris Anderson um, before the, the split competition happened. So uh, I suppose it was destiny meant to happen. I was meant to be with Chris 12 months earlier. I really enjoyed the selling of that flat playing style that he was talking about 12 months earlier, but I had to wait until we went to Melbourne to do it. And um, got it extremely fit. Uh, I, I still say to people, it's the best club I've played for. One success has a big part in that. And, um, you know, we had a 20-year reunion. Um, a, a couple of seasons ago, and every player and staff member except for Stephen Kearney, who was coaching at the Warriors, attended that. So that's the the memories and the, and, and the touching point it has on your life that everyone made the effort to go back. Um, and it was the first club and probably the only club, I think, where, and and again, Nick, smaller organisations, and you would know from the time around then as well, smaller organisations they are now, but I think it's the only club I reckon you knew everyone's name in the office, everyone's partner's name. Uh, and it just was a really good family club. And, and because you're away from Sydney and family in some regards, you really are on your own, so you create your own family down there. So, yeah, very special club. Just goes to show that a club like that can get it so right. But then you look at the clubs that don't have success and you wonder why you can't just not transplant what they do, but find a way to be more like a Melbourne Storm in the startup days because it's obviously no secret. It's, it's not like it's <laughs> any magic potion that they kind of have under lock and key that they're not going to tell anyone else about. But for some of your clubs that have really struggled to, to gain traction, like a, say a Gold Coast Titans, for instance, who by now really should be a bit more successful than they actually are, that they wouldn't have been able to try and find a way to be more like that. Yeah, I think so. I think there's two different ways of looking at it, Adam. Obviously, Chris Anderson talks very highly about why he went to the Melbourne Storm when he was at a successful organisation called Canary Bankstown Bulldogs, who'd won the comp probably two years earlier. Uh, he just said the opportunity to create your own culture and, and, and recruit every player fresh from a, a blank canvas, really. So that, for him, was the challenge to go there, um, which is what a lot of the new franchises get to do. Um, and I think Craig Bellamy's been there since '03, and Frank Panisi's been there for a long of his, a lot of his time as well. So, a really successful coach, um, a really good um, football manager, a, a club that's owned by you know very successful businessmen who have all been, who all know how to one build a business. So, business and football are, are pretty similar. You need to put programs in place, structures in place, that people have accountability, and you need to build to have success long term. And I think the problem with what clubs do uh, wrong is they chase short term results as it's important to win today more than build for a long-term legacy going forward. So, um, And I think, Nick, your AFL code probably do that a little bit better than, than the NRL in some regards, is they build 
they build the foundation, they get the stadium right, they get you know they invest money into the development, and then they they get the long term success on the field eventually comes, and they stay there for a lot longer. Yeah, I agree with that. Not, I do agree with that. And you, you mate, you moved to the Sharks, um, probably going from yeah Melbourne, that was a a side that was um, the building a legacy to a to come into the Shire and a, a side that had been starved of success for such a long time. How was that move? Yeah, it was tough actually. I, I, I actually went to the Northern Eagles for one brilliant year of my career, and Adam would remember that great time. <laughs> <laughs> I cheer you every weekend on the hill, Noddy. Even yeah, drive yeah, up to the Central yeah. Coast sometimes to boo, boo you. Yeah. Yeah, an amazing four-year deal to leave Melbourne, and and I say to people, the business decision I made, I I went and had lunch with James Packer, and I then I went to the Broncos and met with Wayne the Thoroughbreds. I think the Roosters played in three grand finals a couple of years after that, and the, Wayne continually says to me. We would have won five comps if you come to us. But I chose that beautiful Northern Eagles. Uh, <laughs> and 10 months into a four-year deal, the license was handed back to Manly and contract was torn up. So, um, no, that was good. I, I come to the Cronulla Sharks on the back of Chris Anderson um, signing here. Um, I wasn't enjoying football. As I said, I had to move to Sydney from the because the Manly had got the license back. I was based on the Central Coast. Um, the, the coach, the physio and the trainer from the Melbourne Storm were all coming to the Cronulla Sharks in 02. And that was purely the reason why I come here, um, just to get my football back to where I thought it could go back to from a few years previous. Uh, and it was a tough probably first 12 months here. We broke the record for most losses in a row. Um, obviously, Chris moved Preston from halfback to dummy half, and he got the Dalian medal the year before. So it was a it was not very warm welcoming here for, for a fair while. And luckily, we turned and we started winning some games of football, and we got to the end where we got beat by the Warriors in a grand final qualifier, which was a pretty heartbreaking lost because there's only a few times in my career I reckon we genuinely thought we could win the comp and when you get to that you know semi-final moment and you start thinking you're going really really well you start dreaming and believing so it's um yeah it was disappointing but then I spent um as you said I, I got here in 02 and, and left at the end of 08 which is a, a long long time I, I met some great friends throughout my time at the Sharks had a number of different coaches got the captain of the club um, and, and go through some really good highs and some, some huge lows, unfortunately. To see where they are now as one of the, on and off the field, um, to be one of the powerful clubs in the NRL, it's certainly very, very good. I didn't think they would ever get to that stage from the time that I was in and around the environment, but um, you know, some some tough times, but some really good business people there involved in as the CEO and the chairman and the people on the board who have brought the club back, and I suppose they've got lucky, I don't know if it's lucky or good luck or you make your own good luck with what happened with the development, which will put them in a very strong financial position. Absolutely. Uh, Noddy, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for jumping on at uh, short notice and having a chat about that one. Cronulla and uh, Melbourne later on after Manly and Gold Coast, which you can hear on SEN. And uh, we'll chat to you soon, mate. Have a good Arvo mowing the lawn. See you guys. Thanks, mate. Brett Kamali joining us on the Mowers Club, and he is an afternoon Mowers Club member. And he will do a great job, I'm sure, with his Toro mower later on this afternoon on his beautiful lush lawn. Uh, karaoke? That's that a karaoke song. Our... Jump around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, I'll, I'll definitely vouch for that. Uh, from the Oatly Magpie, best karaoke song is Mr. Bombastic by Shaggy. Yeah. Yeah. Does he talk like that? Yeah, I reckon he does. Yeah. Like when he's in the yeah. Macca's drive-thru and he goes, yeah, I have some chicken McNugget. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that how he talks? Yeah. He did an album with Sting a couple years ago. Shaggy. What's that? He did an album with Sting a couple years ago. Any good? 
It's on my to listen list. I haven't gone around to it yet. <laughs> on the to-do list. Yeah, he'd sound like that. Okay. You'd know it is. Well, you would. <laughs> Too many people talk like that. Another one on the uh, the text line. Um, Matt. Peaks, I asked my old man if I could mow today. The answer was a resounding no. You can't mow over the four days of Easter. So Noddy uh, may be committing a massive sin if he mows the Sabo. Listen Matt, here, Matt's dad. <laughs> listen here, Matt's dad. Matt's dad might be the nicest guy in the world. But on this topic, he is so far off the mark. It's not funny. Matt, tell your dad you can mow when you want. Mow on. As long as it's between the hours of eight yes. and what was the bylaws? Six? Was Six. It? Yeah, or well, sundown basically now. Not before eight, Matt. That's the only, that's the big rule we have. Not before eight. And whip But on any day. Whippersnip before you mow, not the other way around. Did we agree on that one? Yes. Yeah, we did. We did. We've got our stupid multi on the way. Uh, we do. You've sorted it out? Yeah, I have. Should I... Should I go and back the Gold Coast Titans today? <laughs> Just so that Manly can get a win. <laughs> that was last week. Yeah, exactly. What was that a mo? I stopped. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yes. Stop trains. Stop trains. So we've got that coming up on the way, uh, Lord Tristiano Merlihan. We're going to talk to Amelia Mevick-Rowan, who's a uh, rising Australian golfer. She'll be playing in the Australian Women's Classic at Bonville next weekend. Um but she went to, reading a bio here, Iowa State University studied Bachelor of Criminal Justice, currently studying a Master's of Political Science. Well. well the two are linked, aren't I'm they? I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. <laughs> the two are linked. I'm going to have to do a little bit of research. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. Uh, and we're going to talk to the groundsman from Four Pines Park ahead of the big clash this afternoon. That you can hear on SEN between Manly and Gold Coast. Uh, Mark, Mark Ballesty, who looks after what is now the best ground. Pristine. Pristine surface on the Mowers Club. We've got plenty more Mowers Club on the way. The last hour is on the way. Nick's going to sing us out to the news. show. It's been the quick version. It's been faster. It's a, it's a gibbo thing. Right? I see this morning, <laughs> professional DJ. What do you DJ, by the way? Like what, what type of music? Um, what are you, what, what's the, uh, what are you offering? You got a job for me? No, don't answer a question with another question. <laughs> uh, around, yeah, around like Newtown and stuff. Like what, what type of music? That's what I'm going to say. Well, R&B gets you paid. Okay. <laughs> right, you paid. Um, it's a catch line. Mr. Yeah. Lover Lover over here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I played the lot. I do this all the time. Someone asks for something and you download it or you buy it or whatever. Yeah. Get the live version. And it's okay. a bit like radio where you're just putting it to air as soon as. What's the guaranteed floor, floor filler? Do you know what I like? It's not conventional. Is All I do is win. All I do is win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. You'll have to play it for me. <laughs> yeah. While we go clean. to our next guest. Well, speaking clean, of. Clean version. We're going to ask as well, Amelia, our next guest, what her floor filler is. Because she's been over in college in the States. And I dare say that all those all those parties that they have over there, they, they, they'd know their music. They'd, they'd have some guaranteed locks to Karaoke. get things going. But we'll talk to her about golf mainly because she'll be playing in the Australian Women's Classic April 21 to 24 at Bonville. She's from that part of the world up at Coffs Harbour, beautiful part of the world, beautiful golf course mm-hmm. is Bonville. Joining us on the line right now is rising Australian golfer Amelia mehmet Groen. Amelia, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Now, I mentioned there that you're from Coffs Harbour, but you've been over to Iowa State. Um, can you get a carry-on from what we were just talking about right there? Your, your guaranteed floor filler or your big karaoke song that you like to belt out on those road trips? That's a tough one. I mean, I'm just going to go with the classic Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. That always got the crowd going. But, um, yep. yeah, a lot of R&B over there, a lot of rap music. That was definitely a big one at some of the parties. Not that I partied a lot. That's, that's not saying that. <laughs> no, no. You, you were studying a lot and you were concentrating on <laughs> yeah, your golf. And, yeah, exactly. You weren't like going to parties every second night or whatever. But um, no, thanks for joining yeah, us on the yeah. show. Uh, how is thanks so the, much for having me. Yeah, no worries. Um, how is the, the golf going? You Essentially, you're playing on your home track next week, is it not, Bonville? You know it well? Uh, it's, it's very similar. I do know it well. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be really awesome to have a home crowd out there cheering me on and to have the international crowd back in Australia again is definitely going to be really exciting, especially to put my golf up against them and to see where it's at. And um, yeah, just really want to play well and yeah, see how we go. Is that what you've been sort of missing Amelia with, with lockdowns and all that sort of stuff? You can hit as many balls on the range as you want and practice putt, but just getting back out into that competition and onto the, the field of battle and, and, and working out how to get a score out. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, you got to put yourself in the, the pressure of being out in uh, on the course playing against those girls is it's hard to uh, put into practice. So it's really nice to have have that pressure back again and to yeah just see where the game's at. So, a bit about your background. You, you're now a professional. You turned professional late in November 21. But going back, so you grew up in Coffs Harbour. How on earth do you go from Coffs Harbour to ending up playing? at Iowa State University, if I'm not mistaken, my geography's not off about the USA. Iowa could be like as if, if the United yeah. States was a dartboard, that's bullseye, but pretty much it's right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Out in the middle of the cornfields out there. Um, so uh, basically when I started playing golf, I found out that I could go over to the States and, you know, just to have that backup of a degree. If, if professional uh, golf doesn't work out, obviously I really do want it to. So, um, yeah, I just, um, you go through the ranks of testing out um, different colleges if you're a match for them. And I mean, if you really want it, you're going to try and find the best uni for you. So, and I was lucky enough to do that. So yeah, it was a fantastic experience. How good. Yeah. yeah. It's a good, uh, any of the big sort of golf courses that you got to play around the States, there were any bucket list ones that you've been able to tick off? Um, I was able to play at Poppy Hills, so it's like in the peninsula of uh, Pebble Beach. So that was really cool. We got to go to Pebble Beach and have a look around. So I didn't get to play, but Poppy Hills is a great track. So, And I got to play at Stanford's course, which uh, that's the home of Tiger Woods. So that was pretty epic to see where he uh, made all his glory and built up from there. So it was really cool. Yeah, Pebble Beach is only like four hundred eighty dollars a round or something like that. Yeah, it's probably, <laughs> yeah, pretty cheap, enough. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And 
at uni, so you you're playing golf. So you you, you play golf, you, you jet off, and you play all around the states, and it's it's a big thing. The NCAA, whatever sport it is, basically. But you're actually studying as well, and it's got here. You studied criminal justice, and yeah, you're studying or you've finished a master's in political science. Uh, yeah, so I did uh, because of COVID. We were allowed an extra year, and my coach invited me back. So I thought, why not? And uh, just started my political master's degree. And uh, so yeah, it was it was a great experience. Um, turns out I'm not a super political person, especially over there. So um, uh, but yeah, it was a great uh, learning curve for me, and to just learn some different parts of the culture of America and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. We try not to touch on what's going on in the world of politics in these three hours because basically all of it goes over Nick's head. But I will ask you this. Can you explain to me why a politician is asked a question and they never actually answered that question? Um, well, that's a great question. Um, I don't You're a great politician. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Amelia, you, my friend, could be a politician. Running for the seat yeah. of Coffs Harbour. <laughs> No, yeah, it was fantastic. So, yeah. Well, everyone at the moment is a political expert in Australia at the moment. Absolutely. Everybody. Seems like it. It seems like (laughs) it. What you need to do to win an election is just say nothing and let the other bloke be an idiot. Yeah. 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 Less is is (laughs) more, is it not, on the campaign trail? That's what it seems like at the moment, or get the facts wrong at this point. (laughs) it's It's not the best that wins, it's the least worst. Yeah, that's it. It's like Adam, and I, it's like like Adam and I playing golf. <laughs> exactly. It's the least worst golf. <laughs> Amelia, if you were out there with us and you'd go, well, this is just like a political race between these two, yeah. shanking it all over the place. Who is the least worst golfer out of these two? Oh, man. So where's your uh, game at? What is, what is, what was it, three years or four years at college? What does that do to your golf um, while you're trying to study and you've got all those other distractions we're talking about, like beer pong and all that every Friday <laughs> night? Um, how, how do you make sure that it – puts your golf game in a better place than when you got there? Uh, I think going to university over there, a lot of it's what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So if you don't put in the hard yards and you go party and whatnot, that's where you're going to fall under. So I think I did a pretty good job in balancing, uh, not that I did go out, but I I did a good job balancing social life, um, university life and my golf. Um, It's just about getting out there. You know, they have certain hours set for you during college that you have to practice and then you just get out there and outside of those hours and the facility that we had at Iowa State was probably the best in the nation if not in the world so if you're not getting better there you're not really getting better anywhere so Mm. it was um, a great experience there and I think my game has definitely grown since being there it's gotten better it's just about putting the uh, score on the scorecard at this point so yeah it's just um, giving yourself the opportunities and um, making the most of them. Were the students impressed? What, well, let's go back before we get super serious, because I don't do the serious stuff. When you're playing beer pong, when you pulled out the 60-degree wedge and just started... Uh... <laughs> Pop it on in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's a cool game, but let's just play this game. Yeah. But back to the serious stuff. Uh, Bonville, um, what, what part of your game needs to be sharp to, to compete there? Um, a lot of people, I've been able to play there a few times. There's no better spot in the world to hit a nice golf shot that at Bonville because it sounds so good. Yeah, it's pretty pristine out there. Hey, each hole is your own little uh, echo of your shot. You know, you're kind of out, you feel like you're out there. You've got the whole course to yourself. and It's, it's really p- picturesque. And so I think that kind of comes into it as well. You know, you're out there, you're enjoying the scenery and you're just having a good time. And 
um, I guess one of the the biggest things is course management out there. You know, make sure you're putting yourself in the in the right spot so that you can really um, take advantage of of that course because it's pretty scorable. So, yeah. The 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 sounds on golf course like that I usually make. It's three. <laughs> it's hit ball. Knock on wood. <laughs> the echo of a ball travelling at speed right into the middle of a gum tree, and then a. <laughs> Rather loud profanity coming from my mouth. <laughs> and all of that echoes around, and it sounds wonderful in a place like that. Yeah. Oh, You've got to take some extra balls out there, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, you don't go looking for the balls in the bunda up there. Where, or is where the late, great now, and we should make mention of the late, Absolutely. great Jack Newton as well, where elephants go yeah. to die. <laughs> Jack used to say that. But, um, he, he was a legend as well, wasn't he? I mean, everyone who plays the sport of golf, especially in New South Wales, because he had the, the – Junior Golf Foundation that they, they have a Jack story they know of what he did for the sport of golf. Yeah, I, I mean, I moved to Coffs Harbour and just picked up golf uh, when I was twelve or thirteen, and I got into the Jack Newton uh, Foundation, and he's just such a down to such a down to earth guy, and he would always come around to all the events, and you know he would just come up and have a chat to you, ask how your golf's going, and just because you're a junior and you're standing in front of Jack Newton, you're like, oh my gosh, like you're freaking out a little bit. And he's he's just standing there and calm you down and just ha- telling him a, stor- a story about his golf. And yeah, so he's just a lovely guy. And it was pretty sad to wake up to that news yesterday. So I know that every junior golfer, um, past, present, um, is really grateful for everything that Jack Newton has done. So yeah, I've very sad for their family, but the legacy will live on forever. So, yeah. Amelia, very well said. Um, thanks so much for joining us yeah. this morning. Good luck in the Australian Thank Women's well. Classic, uh, April 21 to 24 at Bonville and the Women's New South Wales Open at Tweed Heads, April 28 to May 1. As you get things going as a professional golfer, we'll track your progress and, and good luck. Sounds awesome. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on. No worries. Amelia Mamet-Grown, uh, young Australian golfer on the rise. We're off to a quick break. Back in a moment on the Mowers Club. Yeah, welcome back. Text on the text line from Matt again. Uh, Peaks, I reckon you would be a bloke that mows on Christmas Day right around lunchtime. We all have a neighbour like you, brother. <laughs> That's a fairly hefty accusation there, Matt. You need to get the, the pitch right. Exactly. On Nothing Christmas wrong with mowing on Christmas Day, but no, I'm not a Christmas Day mower. Very much a Christmas Eve mower. Or if someone's bought you the gift that everyone wants on Christmas Day, and that's a new Toro, you get out there and... Getting a Toro without petrol would be like getting a remote control car without batteries. Mm. How bad would that be? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And not easy things to... No, you Christmas Day and servos would normally open. Get a little jerry can down there. Yeah. Uh, joining us right now is a man who has transformed a patch of dirt on the northern beaches like you wouldn't believe. And we want to <laughs> get this man on. Maybe you to the rest of the northern beaches yeah, to spruce exactly, it up a little bit. Exactly. Now, it's, Brookvale Oval was one of the worst joints on earth, in in terms of growing grass. They just couldn't get it right. Now, Mark Ballastin and his crew at Grand, uh, Greenworks have come along, and two weeks ago, in monsoonal rain at Four Pines Park, it looked like the 10th fairway at Augusta. Incredible work. And Mark joins us on the line right now to tell us how, to give us some tips here on the Mowers Club. How are you, mate? Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling. No worries. Um, mate, What's what's the secret? Is there a secret? What's happened down there at uh, Four Pines Park? Because it's just yeah, incredible. It, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I, I, I'm a 
Northern Beaches local and uh, back in the day played some uh, park footy on the Abel. So I, 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 I know where it's come from firsthand. Um, they've just completely um, reinvented it. They've, they've, um, they took uh, 250, 250 to 300 mil off the surface and they removed it. They then put in a uh, 250 mil reinforced sand profile um, and it, uh, the, the results are uh, there for everyone to see. They've, they've really left no stone unturned. We, we, weren't, uh, we weren't responsible for installing the turf. That, that uh, goes to a group called Evergreen Turf out of Pitt Town. Um, but it's the, the combination of the all parts that um, go to make the final product here. Because it was a cow paddock, let's be honest. Uh, oh, I, I can remember back late 80s, it was like playing on DY Beach at, uh, you know, August, September of the year. But, um, but yeah, no, it's really good. I mean, the, the, the sand profile, and, and one, one, of the, one of the key things here is they're invested in a, it's a Santa Ana cooch, which is, a, which is a, a variety of grass that came out of the University of California. Um, it was released in Australia in 1976. But what they've done here is they've put, uh, reinforced the, the root profile with the Staloc fibres. So it, it, adds, it adds a rigidity um, safely to the profile that just sort of locks the roots. Um, it, it's just uh, it's a really robust, but it, it, looks, it, looks, it looks brilliant. You know? it's, it's all things to everyone. Well, a lot of great ideas have come out of... Uh grass in California, California. Uh, universities in the 70s. So, hey, the, the, it's made the world spin. Let's just especially... hope that that grass doesn't catch on fire down there because who knows what the people of the northern beaches are going to be breathing in with the Californian grass. Up. Well, it wouldn't, yeah, yeah. wouldn't be out of, uh, out of character for a lot of people up there. So. Yeah, um, so how do you how do you maintain it then? How do you make sure it doesn't get away from That's you? How do you that, that, like it's it's one thing to lay it down and think, oh, that looks great, and then you you walk yeah, past yeah, it. Say the yeah. neighbours r- rolled out some new Sir Walter Buffalo, yeah. and then you walk past yeah. six weeks later and you go, <laughs> that was a waste of cash. Completely well, well, did well, your money. Yeah, an elite sports surface like this, particularly in the establishment phase, which is the first twelve months, like the Seagulls have really got on board with it and are really doing everything possible to uh, minimise the load. So it's really important this first 12 months that um, it just really establishes well and is really, really healthy. So um, they've deferred some uh, junior rep games and and moved uh, calendars around to accommodate the stages of of the development of the turf already, which has been really, you know, it's essential. But the Seagulls get it and uh, they're really keen to... uh, you know, make sure that the centre of excellence is exactly what it sounds like, uh, and it is at the moment. Um, but um, two weeks ago, uh, we oversaw it, over, oversaw it with a um, with a uh, soprano rye to um, reinforce the dominant grass there. So that the, the Santa Ana cooch will go into a dormant phase as the cooler weather approaches. So the rye takes over and reinforces it and protects it over winter. So. Um, you'll see it on TV today, and it'll look even better because um, the the soprano rye has got a really um, it's a quick germinating rye, but it's got a really deep green, hard wearing sort of thing feel to it. So it'll look really uh, it'll look really lush today. It'll it'll look better oh, than it did uh, two weeks ago. I'm more excited about that than watching DCE play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good. Well, mate, yeah. I, 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 I'm I'm at home in Canada. I can't be down there to. Uh, I see it firsthand, but the boys have been sending me the photographs, and it, it looks uh, showpiece.
How good. How good. Mm. Um, yeah, because mm. you, you look at, say, Acor Stadium yesterday, oh. and that looked like, mm. well, I've said it a few times, it looked like my face when I was 16. It was just in a horrible state. So how do they get that? They've always had issues out there at the Olympic Stadium. Yeah. Like, like being yeah, f- look, I, I, I don't know the history about the profile on the turf and whether they've got the reinforced Staylock profile that Evergreen, Evergreen, uh, you know, uh, deliver and install. But um, whenever whenever you're talking about sports surfaces or, or or elite sports, it's always about protecting load. So when you've got somewhere like a core, and it sounds like I'm going in the bat to sort of deflect a little bit, but it, it's 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 about managing the load. And if you've got multi stakeholders all wanting a, a piece of the pie, well, uh, the challenges are just magnify. And then if you look at the the, uh, the rain table that we've received in Sydney in the last, seems like since Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you just, it's it's very hard to duck and weave in and around that as well. But um, all I can tell you, boys, is that uh, have a look at the TV today and uh, Four Pines will be looking better than it was last week. I'm sure it will be. And I reckon one of the things that Accor has a little bit at the SCG and a little bit also at the MCG is when they build these massive, nice, big, brand new stadiums, they forget. They're like, oh, how does the sun get in to make the grass grow? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and every, every, um, I mean, the greenkeepers and the architects sort of, sort of bump heads and from time to time. One of the challenges that we will have at uh, Four Pines as we approach the cooler months is that the, the aspect of the turf that, Runs parallel to the the new centre of excellence, although it's got a it's got a roof line that lets the sun filter through. It's it's not as good as direct sunlight, yeah. and we're going to have to tailor some um, maintenance activities to uh, to offset that. But you can see already now at the end of April that it's uh, it's not getting anywhere near as much sun as it was, uh, you know, start of March. So um, it, it's just one of the challenges that we. Uh, we face managing surfaces. Here's one for you. And yeah. AFL do it. Rugby union do it. Rugby league a little less because they've got the virtual signs. Football don't do it mm. because they're not allowed advertising mm. on the ground. Spray mm. paint on grass. It can't be good for it. This is the bane of my existence. Now with technology, you can have your mm. advertisements that you want on the screen for the people at home to see because it's there. You can superimpose them. You don't need to be graffitiing all over the grass, do you now these days, Mark? Oh uh, well, I do. I do know for our first home game at Four Pines, they made the decision not to spray the signage because of the weather. Um, I, I'm not certain where where that all sits and why and and what have you. Um, it hasn't been a concern for us, but it's when you've got the multi stakeholders and you've got rugby bumping mm-hmm. in one day and stocker the next and all that. It's, I mean, that's and that's just that's just life. I don't think we'll ever get away from it. Mm. Yeah. They pay the cash, Adam. I know they pay for the cash, but they've got an alternative. They don't need to ruin the grass. The players players use it as a reference, you know. What? In the AFL. Do they? Uh What? Where to fumble? (laughs) No. (laughs) Be careful, matey. (laughs) Otherwise what? No, you do. You use it as a reference. Okay. Kick it to the logo. Fair enough. So are you going to be like the, uh, the, the, I don't know, Cat on a hot tin roof watching this game today, mate, because you're in isolation. Yeah, you, you've had to bra- remove bra- yourself. Breaking, breaking out, breaking out in intermittent sweats yeah. and uh, gargling sore throats, all those good things. But yeah, yeah, I will be. I'll be watching uh, 
very uh, from afar, but um, yeah, I'd like to be there. But uh, it's in, it's in good hands. Um, I, I, I we've got a young guy who's who's the tip of the spear down there for us. A young a young man by the name of Aaron Heaven. He's our uh, he's our number one greenkeeper for this contract, and uh, he's a, he's an ex Park Rugby League player, so he understands rugby league, and he's uh, he's put. TLC, it's like his firstborn child. He's mm. just loving it to death, and uh, so he'll be on the ground with his team. Um, but it won't be me today. Any fancy patterns? I like the patterns. The patterns that get mowed oh. into the grass. Let's keep it simple early on, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> I like that's the patterns. A, that's a personal. Yeah, I'm a I'm a straight up and down sort of guy. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not. I need. In, you I need like the King Power Stadium <laughs> at Leicester City's home ground in the Premier League. I don't know if you've seen that, Mark. It's like. It's like one of those um, uh, drawings that you stare at and you can see a zebra or something like that if you stare at it hard <laughs> enough. Like it's, a, wow, it's something back impressive. To that burning grass thing again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mark, really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for joining us on the Mowers Club and giving now, us a little boys, insight. If I could just put a little plug on the way out. Go we for do it. use a Toro. We do use a yes. Toro 5510. Uh, it's a five-reel five gang mower, cylinder mower on it, and it, and it, and it just perfect. It's a great mower. We love it. Does the job. Any yeah. Good any rap for the Toro? hundred years of innovation, you know, Mark. Yeah. You can't go wrong with the Toro. No, no. We're, we're really happy with it. And uh, the boys out at Toro at Weatherford Park, uh, their service desk have yeah. been really reactive in trying times with supply chains and parts and that. They're just, they, nothing's a problem. So really happy with them. No surprise to hear that no from surprise. the people of Toro. Uh, mm. Mark, really appreciate your time, mate, and um, good luck with your turf this afternoon. I'm sure it'll hold up fine. Thanks, thanks, boys, and uh, thanks for the plug and the opportunity. Uh, love, love the episode. Love, love, love the station, and uh, wish you all the best. Thanks, mate. Thank Mark Malisty from uh, he's Start the up, director of operations at Greenworks, which kind of take control. They've done a great job down at Four Pines Park, where you can listen to the action this afternoon on SEN between Manly and the Gold Coast Titans. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, great to have you company on the Mowers Club. The last half an hour as uh, proceedings kick off at headquarters at Randwick with uh, the Time On It Highway making a return um, after missing out the last couple of weeks. And the people have been asking for it. I have started off with a nice... Run home for fourth. <laughs> Is that closer than you were last Each week? way. Yeah, no, oh. no. Each way, of Nothing. course. Anyway. Oh, 35 to 1 winner. Bookies. <laughs> Having a great morning already. Um, Until he talks to us on the phone. This man, uh, I don't know if he won on that race. He would have. Surely, surely he would have. From <laughs> topsport.com.au, Tristan Merlihan. How are you, mate? Yes, very good. And we did have a little start to the day there. And uh, yeah, <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> little click of the heels as he gets. <laughs> and then the, down the little bit of uh, icing on the, the, the cake was the uh, horse that ran fourth as well. So that no, nothing, nothing uh, starts the day better than, than hearing Adam mention that to start the day. So that was good. You might have got the head down for fourth. I'm not sure. Mr. Hustle, one of my favourites. But um, yeah, probably not because I backed it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> How much money did you blokes win last week? Seriously, <laughs> with with that absolute bloodbath for punters at Randwick. I mean, you had Nashville Willard taking off and using his brains and doing everyone's head in and winning at forty to one. You had things like Nimely winning at thirty to one. Just like <laughs> horses that could run couldn't run, and ones that you didn't think could run would run quick. 
And yeah, I'll tell you how much you won. When you ring Tristan on a Saturday and you get the international dial tone, <laughs> that, 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 that's when you know that the private jet has shot yeah. off to somewhere in the yeah. world. And I think the Easter Bunny might have upgraded the uh, Easter Bunny. Yeah, Easter Bunny's gone from carob to carob to oh, yeah. <laughs> carob 24 to carrot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, yeah. There was a lot of roughies that one got, got up on the uh, on the weekend. So uh, yes, I we were very happy. We um we indulged in some uh, some. We went up from Domino's to Tony's Pizza as well in the office. So it was uh, it was a big day. Did with those like? Do you ever cop it out of nowhere? Like someone because obviously <laughs> with the odds, if someone backs a forty to one winner. Uh, it only takes one to come from nowhere with a hundred each uh, way or something Tristan, like that. Yeah, the 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 new market the new market handicap, hundred yeah, to one. Pop. Yeah, we did. We we had a good little story there that when the hundred to one shot one. One of our customers had been AWOL for uh, for a while, and um, I, I managed to I gave him a call because it was a, a new banking system, so I thought he might have been having a few difficulties getting uh, the deposit in. So I gave him a call on the Friday, and uh, yeah, first bet back he he has a fifteen hundred on the winner at one hundred and twenty six dollars. So welcome back, and um, and yeah, so it only takes one or two of those, and it can really uh, really change the complexion of the result for us. Jeez, but they weren't having, but they were having carob chocolate that night. The kids, <laughs> that's about it. Um, so what do we like today, Tristan? What's uh, what's sticking out at you about this card at Randwick with the All Age Stakes, the feature? Yeah, it's a good good card there, isn't it? The All Age Stakes is an absolute beauty. Where the number eight Forbidden Love's been well backed, five fifty into four forty, as well as in the Congo, it's been heavily backed too. It's into four dollar favourite. There was three equal picks there at the start of the day, but now Moanga is a clear third. It's at five dollars fifty. Been a little bit of support for Nash to go uh, to repeat and 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 put a, put in another special ride. He's at fourteen dollars on Ellsberg, so that looks a really really good race. And obviously the Champagne Stakes, where Fireburn is a dollar forty five favourite to win the Triple Crown. It's been uh, well backed. She's extreme at five dollars and Williamsburg at eight dollars. They're the uh, they're the other ones in the market. But yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of good racing on the card. Um, Little um, a little tip in that race as well for the one. Let's roll a dice at Big Odds. So it's been fourteen dollars into ten. So it might be a little if if you if you think Fireburn might have been up a little bit too long at, at ten dollars. Probably worth a little play there. Let's roll a dice number one. Uh, Caulfield, the Easter Easter race meeting down there at Caulfield. Normally some uh, some good races there, and I've seen that the Lloyd Williams camp have just been trotting out a few in the last few weeks, and they're starting to uh, rev their engines. Yes, they are, and it's always always a very good meeting there at Caulfield. They, they had their first uh, first day of racing in um, in Melbourne there on Good Friday yesterday at Sales, so it uh, should be a decent meeting here. The Easter Carnival, as you say, the Easter Cup, the Pondus the, from the Hickmott Yard's been absolutely smashed four twenty into two dollars forty five, so it's been well back. Then one of the little bit of odds, number ten Rock, is twenty dollars into ten as well. As you say, though, the Lord Williams camp, they're, uh, they're going to be very hard to beat at this time of the year. But just a, a little tip there for the uh, for the punters at uh, Caulfield. If you go to race three, uh, through Irish eyes, it's a little bit topical. And sometimes uh, on a Saturday morning, <laughs> they can be a little bit angry. $6 into four twenty. Jamie Carr in the saddle. It's it's uh, second favourite to take on the one point in the P, and it's $1.90. But, yeah, through Irish eyes might represent a little bit of value. In the rugby league today, I mean, just quickly on the rugby, the the pitch invader at the Gold Coast Titans game last week didn't uh, make their way down from topsport.com. Daddy, you lounged today. No comment. <laughs> but, it was uh, a good hit, though, wasn't it? It was, it was a, a good, yeah, it was very, a good, very, it was very a, handy hit. 
It was a good hit, but yeah, the 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 matches today uh, take us through the odds. Yeah, the matches today. I think uh, the Titans might be a chance against your Eagles there, Adam. It's a dollar fifty-five manly, two fifty-two the Titans, and the line's four and a half. It's moved in from six. No turbo, as we know. So the uh, the, the Titans have got to be a decent chance. I think of causing upset there at Four Pines Park, and then the best game I think of the season so far is the Storm against the Sharks. Storm are dollar forty, Sharks three dollars, and the line six and a half. Unfortunately, we've had a couple of players withdraw just in the last few hours. I think with some COVID concerns, the Bromwich brothers and yep. the Cora for the Sharks. So, unfortunately, there's a little bit of cattle there. And uh, but yeah, it still should be a cracking game. We've got the two games on tonight. Uh, I'm going to have my little bet with a rugby league theme. I'm going to stick away from horses. I think I've <laughs> done enough damage there. Um, have you got any? T- you got any time try scorer markets on Manly Gold Coast? Of 274 markets there, Adam, so take your pick. Is that all? <laughs> Far out. I could have how many jelly beans will the referees eat at half time? Have you got that market? No. Uh, Tolo Kula, the centre for Manly. Anytime try scorer. Yeah, he's $2.72 to score a try. Tolo. He'll have uh, 50 each way for our great. <laughs> 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 Just to make sure. <laughs> Just to make sure. I'll have the 100 on that, please, Tristan. 100 on that at 272. That's all locked in. One of our um, one of our sports traders, he's, he's a big doggy fan, but he's been talking up this fella for a long time. So he could be on the uh, the, the right wavelength there at $2.72. His best, this is a fact for you, his best time over 100 metres is about 10.6. That's 10.6. rapid. Rapido. Yeah, well, we have got... Ten four. Store gift on, I think, this weekend as well. So if he uh, if he does no good at the uh, at, at Brook Vale, he can he can jump on the plane and head down to Melbourne and, and jump at that because I think he'd be pretty competitive there. Are you fielding at the store gift, Tristiano? Yes, yes, we definitely uh, we always bet on the store gift. It's a very very popular um, event. The boys are going to have that up very shortly. We're just uh, just looking at all the times and trying to get some analysis done. So it'll be uh, it's always an interesting market. There's always a few little plunges from a few little. Horse, a few athletes that yeah. maybe don't trial as well as what they uh, they, they may necessarily run. Well, our guest earlier in the show, Jason Richardson, is one of the great all-time plungers. legitimate plungers on the stall gifts. 40s to 5s and duly saluted. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No. He, yeah, very, uh, luckily, we went around when that occurred, but it was a very big plunge from memory, and he, uh, he, he, he won one very comfortably. Uh, by the way, call it 10.49 is his best time. It's a GPS record. So, yeah, he's quick. So hopefully he takes an intercept today and we'll boot him home. We've got a text on the text line. Katoa out for the Sharks as well as Nakora. You might want to pull that market down, old boy, and just... <laughs> <laughs> While everyone coughs on While each other <laughs> down in the Shire. Far out. But important news... Uh, are the Roosters going to win tomorrow? Are we tipping the Roosters at uh, at Lord Tristiano Merlihan Manor? Yeah, they are a dollar seventeen. The Roosters five twenty five of the Warriors, and they were a very very quick decision in the tipping comp, Robin. Uh, we actually we, we went up to Frozen yes. there over the weekend, and went up to Brizzy to watch that, and we did the footy tips in the big spinny wheel, and uh, that was definitely the uh, the quickest salute in terms of who she was picking. She says the Warriors have got no chance on the weekend, so Roosters dollar seventeen should be too good. Now it's time for. Nick's Stupid Multi. Now, on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club, it's time for Nick's Stupid Multi. What are you, stupid? What's the matter with you? Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Are you crazy? 
I'm just plain stupid. Are you stupid or something? Stupid is, stupid does, sir. Again, not sure where the stupidity comes in, but we'll find. We always, I always find a way to become a, uh, a stupid idiot. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the NBA. I'm going to go with the NBA. And as Trey said, uh, if you listen back on the podcast, the Moa's podcast, great show, um, that <laughs> to win the uh, the first round of the finals, the, the, the favourites normally get the job done in the basketball. So I'm going to lob most of the favourites except for one. So I'm going to go, it kills me. It kills me. You do realise this is going to be a two-week multi? That's fine. Okay. Because I can, I have, that's where I have my best work over a two-week period because then you can, you know, can bet all those sort of strategies. Anyway. Right up, pal. The Milwaukee Bucks to beat the Chicago Bulls, it kills me because they've been so good all year. If you want to go correct score, maybe 4-1. But the Bucks, as Trey said, they've got one of the best players on the planet and Giannis and he can get it done. I'm going to take this. Oh, this will upset my little man. He's had a he's had a shocking week, but I think the Nets can beat the Celtics uh-huh. if if Ben gets his green suit on and plays for the team that's not in green. Ben, get out there and play. The Nets can beat the Celtics. I'll take the Grizzlies, the 76ers, Golden State, and the Jazz. I want the favorites, all except the favorites. But if you want to throw it in, once you work out the play in play out, the Suns will be too good forever. Plays in, yep. and so will Miami. I think the only upset in the first round of the playoffs can be the Nets over the Celtics. So for those six, Tristiano, what does that add up to? Yeah, you're right, your little mate. So yeah, we won't be happy with that going. The Nets, it's $8.60, that multi. We've That's got good. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Memphis, 76ers, Golden State, Utah, all to win the series. 100 on that at $8.60. Yes. So it'll be a nice little salute if that gets up in a couple of weeks' time. But... um. Speaking of you like this, Adam, speaking of um, see how we're not being too happy, we actually went up to Redcliffe to watch the uh, the women's grand final there on, on Sunday and obviously coaching the, uh, the the Dragon side. I took the kids up. It was their first game at the football live and um, see how we came around after the game and, you know, a bit, bit disappointed with the result and Robin goes up to him, don't be too upset. Uncle Dickie's team won. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Did your child hear then one of the many swear words that are available to adult people? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, Robin's bigger than Sowie, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Sowie. That was not what he wanted to hear. But anyway, would have made him. Would have made him chuckle, perhaps, perhaps. Chocolate of choice at Merlehan Manor. What uh, he said, Uncle Dickie would have loved to have been there tomorrow for the Easter egg hunt. But what's the chocolate of choice at Merlehan Manor? Yeah, the Lint Easter eggs are always yeah. the, uh, the the favourite. They're, they're the best, I think. So, no, we'll uh, we'll see if we can upgrade them if we have a decent day here at Randwick <laughs> today. And, uh, and yep. uh, yeah, otherwise, we'll uh, we'll go back to the, uh, to the revert back to the Cadburys if, if necessary. Yeah. We're so. playing the Easter egg <laughs> hunt with the neighbour. We're playing the Easter egg hunt with the neighbours this week. Kids, go and search the neighbourhood for Easter eggs because there ain't none here. Oh, I can't believe <laughs> that you're downgrading to Cadbury. That's blasphemous. Anyway, uh, Tristan, thank you for that, mate. Good luck uh, today with all the uh, markets available on topsport.com.au for your sport of choice or your horse race of choice and, of course, gamble responsibly. But uh, have a good one, mate. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Speak to you next week. Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au, home of the best multis. Yeah, welcome back to the Mowers Club. Uh, big crunch time on the way um, because I've got a special guest today. Harry Garso is going to join us quickly on our little program before he joins Joel and the crew on Crunch Time. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on. No worries. No worries. Um, 
So you're back in training. Your next fight is, what, you had about 12, 12 minutes off after your last fight. You're <laughs> yeah. back into training straight away. I didn't have much, mate. I definitely, yeah, I love training. So I jumped straight back into it. And it's the first year of being a professional boxer. So I just want to have as many fights as I can. So I think the next one's about four or five weeks. So just back in training, mate. And as you came in here, um, Nick asked you, you love running. And he goes, oh, yeah, love it, love it. I'm like an Ethiopian, which is... Life's all about balance. So you've balanced out what Nick is because he hates to run. It's beautiful yin and yang. Yin and yang energy. That's it's what we need, mate. Man, You'll get on great. You'll yeah, get on great. We'll get on great. But training, so the, do you obviously you don't pick off where you where you started off with your, your training. Obviously, well, four or five weeks to your next fight, it's a, it's a build-up uh, again. It's a build-up for sure, mate. But I think you definitely do need a bit of a slump. You mm. can't stay in that top range 90 100%. You can't stay there. So it's just a good week now just to rest, recover, look after my body, and then really focus on ramping up training probably over the next week or two. And then it's almost go time, you know what I mean? Like you're always sort of just staying in that position of being ready to fight, being ready, you know, making sure your body's staying nice and conditioned. You find that because some teams talk about, and you talk about AFL and, and NRL, where they get the, the short week and the short turnaround. I used to love the short turnaround because it meant less training. <laughs> like, oh, we got a six-day break, which means one session. I've only got to get up for one session here and then we're back to a game. Do First year of fighting, would you like your sp- your fights like nice and tightly spaced so you always feel like you're on the go? Yeah, I definitely want to be as frequently as possible, mate. I, mate, you think about the old school fighter, Sugar Ray Robinson. He fought almost every weekend. You I mean, they were mm. doing it for money. They were doing it for food. But I want to be as frequently as possible. Like, I don't want to be fighting twice a year. I want to be trying to stay as frequent and active as possible. So, you mean, even if it's uh, just fighting down in the local pub... You mean after a few Let's years? Go. No, I'm just joking. We'll go to Northies and Sabo. We'll be sweet. Me and my mate Harry just rolled. I'm going to reclaim Northies and Sabo with Harry. How good. You're going to be walking in first or he will? Uh, I'll walk in first and then I'll just step to the side. <laughs> now with your weight, um, so you don't have an issue with that at the moment? You don't need to... I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk to some of the, say, yeah. um, uh, Rob Whitaker, he'll go up 15 kilos in between fights. Yeah, I've never really understood the UFC boys. They really get, like, their, their weight is completely unreal because they have such big uh, weight gaps between yeah. weight classes. So with boxing, we've got such big, uh, we've got so many weight classes. So my, my weight's fine, mate. And I could really, I could fight up. I could also fight underneath the weight that I choose to fight at. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's how that's how close they are. You I mean, it's really, it's kind of, there's almost too many weights, to be honest. I, I would say that, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I make weight no dramas. You don't want to be blowing up too much. You know what I mean? Or else you start stressing a little bit about making the weight and um, making sure you're fighting at your best. You go into more detail with it with uh, Joel, but um, your next opponent, when and where and... Tell us all about it. Yeah, we haven't locked in an opponent yet, but I, and to be honest, I think it's going to be up in Newcastle, but that has that also hasn't been locked in okay. either. So um, at the moment, mate, I'm just uh, focusing on training and whenever whenever the management team and, and No Limit, my, my promoting company, whenever they sort it out, mate, that's when I'll, uh, I'll lock it in. It could be someone that tells us to sit down at Northies this afternoon when we cheer at he doesn't know who his next opponent is yet, but we're going to find you. We're going to stay sharp. Don't worry. Once again, to that person who doesn't know who they are right now, maybe pick the guy in the red jumper <laughs> and hey. not the black T-shirt. You don't know. You don't know what you don't know, Adam. No. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know, know what you don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
<laughs> turn into Marvis Marvin Hagler all of a sudden because Harry's in here. Throw the first one hard. That's yeah. what all those <laughs> Throw the first one hard. Great uh, philosophy. Your footy team, just quickly. Hawthorne and the Chooks. Hawkers. At least you got the Chookies right. Yeah. And this is Harry. He's going to walk out to this. This is going to be his next song that he walks out to. Ah, uh, yeah. This is a... I'm happy to be the only person not singing here today because I can't compete with you, you two. Can't. Exactly. Uh, Harry, look forward to crunch time. It's coming up on uh, the other side of our news it's on the way. Thanks for joining us, mate. Really awesome. appreciate nice it. Thanks, guys. Um, and Nicholas, have a good afternoon. I will. Down at Northies. <laughs> Bad news is, we want to know. You, you didn't realise <laughs> Harry's staying here for the next three hours, so you're, you're on your own. Boxing, mate. Uh, I'll just set up the opponents and I'll let you know when to come down. There you go, Matt Rose over here. Uh, Pat, thanks, mate. Thanks, everyone. Have a good arbor.